Bad snap. Bobble. Oh, scoops oh. up. Here come the Spartans. Touchdown, MSU. From WDBM East Lansing, you're listening to the Green and White Report, a production from Impact Sports. This is your source for sports news, debates, and more for Michigan State, Detroit, and the rest of the sports world. Happy Sunday morning, East Lansing. Welcome in to the Green and White Report. Luke Sloan, Trent Bally, Henry Menegos here with you from the Impact 89 FM studios. Guys, happy welcome week. Happy new year of shows. How are we feeling this morning? Fired up. I'm telling you, getting the getting the point from Hank, you know, behind the glass, just that first point, and now we're live and everything's great. And we got Giving a little bit point. of a new era here. There's juice. I know. I, I have there the first, is juice I in got the, studio. the first show jitters. I am I'm not Ryan Collins for our loyal listening base. You know, Ryan Collins would open the show saying, you know, happy hangover East Lansing. I'm not gonna rip Ryan off. He's probably yeah. listening out there, but a pleasure to be here with you today, Henry, Trent. A pleasure to join both of you. Um, many people came before us. Shout out Ryan Collins, Julian Mitchell, Ryan Rabinowitz, yes, sir. the crew, the legends of the Green and White Report. But we've entered a new era. We're going to be here with you this year, all year long. And uh, happy Welcome Week as well, gentlemen. Both of you are now happy home renters, so congratulations. But do you have any crazy like homeowner stories that you've come up with so far in, in one week of living there? Dude, I've been I don't Hank, I don't know about you, but I have been very lucky. Like I haven't had any bats or anything. I haven't yeah. haven't really had any issues with appliances. It's been great. It's been a seamless transition. No, like moving moving in has been great, but I do have one like oh just boy. ridiculous story. So so we built a table, a diet table. Okay. And we were out there ham like I, you probably heard yeah. this. Right? We Game were out day. there hammering for like yeah. hours. So we had a handsaw, we're like doing all this stuff. Tough as nails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh so we come home, and then so someone flips our diet table over. No big deal, like whatever. Some rowdy college kids little coming, prank, just coming a, home from from Harper's or you know whatever. Right, it, it happens. Yep. But then this morning, I go outside, and two of the legs are ripped off the table. Oh, you're kidding me! So some barbarians, came, some some Trenton Georges came by and completely oh, destroyed no. your. Wait a second, that didn't even cross my mind. No, no. it was not us. It was not us. <laughs> the, I would, that sounds like a Trenton George, though. I would never do that to a brother's die table. <laughs> that sounds like a Trenton a Trenton George. It, uh... It's in our arena, but it wasn't us. <laughs> I don't really understand. I mean, there wasn't even a game day last night. There was really no reason for people to be rowdy. I mean, I know a lot of people are out of town for Labor Day, like up north. I really don't get that. Has there been an investigation launched, and does it end with this guy on the other side of the table? Are you pressing charges? Well, we do have security cameras, so I'm going to go back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Check How? the tape. You're going to go look at the tape. Trent and George are just across the, just across the way. So we are they're, yeah. away they're uh, suspect number one now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Trent, you said you had a pretty crazy move-in day last week. Yes. Any like crazy stories of... You know, you said no bats. Obviously, we've yeah, had no, problems with bats no, on this no, show. Oh, you know what? I was going to say no varmint, but I actually, I guess this is a little bit of a crazy story. Came home very late from downtown, and I saw a skunk in our yard. Uh-oh. And that was a little bit of an alarming experience. I watched it run around the back, and I got inside, and it's good, and I haven't seen it since. I haven't smelled anything, but oh, there's a skunk I that lives a skunky in the vicinity. smell, but I... I don't know if it was that skunk. It might be that skunk. Well, maybe it was. It might not be that skunk also, <laughs> Who knows? I, if you're picking up what I'm laying down. But, yeah, moving day was just chaotic, but it was great. You know, there's not, there is nothing like finishing moving in and then opening a beer and relaxing and listening to music. How how awesome is it to see the town, like, full of people again? Because oh obviously dude. all three of us were here last year. Yes. Nobody was here. Nobody on campus. But, like, 
seeing crazy super long lines for bars that you have to wait in people moving in like crazy kids in dorms i mean like when i came up here i was juiced immediately yep i mean i helped my cousin move in shout out marcy i helped her move into her dorm and uh right here in holden all right so and that was just fun too like i forgot how electric that is everyone's just nervous and parents are freaking out and like everything is just chaotic and it's great dude like we are back back i went to i went to meyer to buy some command strips as one does when they're moving into a new apartment well i didn't move into a new apartment i'm still in the same one but the command strip section at meyer was just wiped out and i took a picture of it and i sent it to my parents and i was like this is what a move-in week looks like in a college campus but the show has previously been started last year with what you guys hate during the weekend of sports. Yeah, what made you mad this week yeah, is what, what Collins ma- used to Yes, call what made you mad? But we're going to add a little bit of a wrinkle to that. I'm a little bit more positive than Ryan was, a little bit more optimistic <laughs> sometimes. So yeah, we're if you add- don't believe him, just wait till, yeah. uh, wait till Lions talk. Oh, boy. We're going to get burned again. Oh, I'm, no, I'm no, ready to be hurt again. But we're going to start off with two things, what we hated this weekend, but also what we loved this weekend. So we'll start off with what we loved. I'll kick things off. I loved Northern Illinois... And Rocky Lombardi's upset win over Georgia Tech. Rocky Lombardi, yeah, congratulations, Round of applause a Spartan for the legend. Boy. I don't know if you guys saw the end of that game, but Northern Illinois actually scored a touchdown to come within one point, and instead of kicking the extra point and just going for the tie, there was about 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. They went for two. Rocky Lombardi rolled out, threw a pass in the back of the end zone. They went for two, ended up winning. So Rocky Lombardi in Northern Illinois, congratulations. They have a, a big matchup with Michigan coming up here in a couple weeks at the Big House, you know, potential Rocky Lombardi revenge game. Yeah, he's, Rocky Lombardi, thank you. He's going to be the least nervous player on the court? Or on the uh, you say court because I'm watching tennis here in the studio. I, I, we're we're five minutes in. And that's already distracted me. I knew it would happen. I told you, boys. We got a nice big screen in here. <laughs> We've been big time renovations here in the studio. There's a massive TV right behind us now. Trent is looking directly at it. Yeah. I'm looking directly at Trent. Yes. So hopefully I will not fall victim to it. But <laughs> Trent, what did you love this weekend in the week of the weekend I, of sports? I'll tell you what, Sloan. I loved the Virginia Tech epic. The the Enter Sandman opener. It was great seeing the people jumping up and down. Like, that is just the best intro in sports, in my opinion. Like, I, I, and, and at least college football. Like, I love it. You know what I'm talking about, Hank? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, the, the Virginia Tech. Yes. Yeah, Enter Sandman. And they, they wait. They they, the whole intro is just people jumping up and down. And as soon as that first riff drops, then it's like the team runs out and the crowd goes absolutely bananas. Especially for night games, it's just electric. Yes. Unfortunately, former future Lion quarterback Sam Howell didn't necessarily have a great performance in that game for <laughs> North Carolina, who was the visitor. Yeah. But nevertheless, we're gonna we're gonna shake that off in case he's a lion. Henry, do you have anything you just loved this weekend in the weekend of sports? Just loved um you know I don't know if this is. A, I'm kind of in between on this. I think I hate it actually. Can I say what I hate? Sure, sure. We'll go around. We're okay, gonna, I'm, we're, I'm gonna say we're what gonna I hate. switch gears. Feels so, wow. some type of way this some morning. Some people might I guess. love this, but I because this is a love hate thing. Okay, how's that? That's good. Right. That, that applies. It sounds here. good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. What do you hate, Hank? So University of Maryland goes out and beats West Virginia this weekend. Yep. And I don't know if you guys paid attention to their social media account. Yes, I absolutely saw. just going for the jugular for no reason. And I, I think I, I hate it. Enlighten me. I don't know what they happened. They put the they they put the Drake album cover up on certified social media. lover boy. Yes. yes. And, okay. And they put West Virginia. <laughs> it's so stupid. They put West Virginia helmets on all the like the oh the emojis. emojis. Yeah. And they said certified loser boys. Okay. I love that. Okay. I personally love that. See, that's what I, I mean. Like, this is a love hate thing. I, I saw I, the tweet and I liked it immediately. Like, what are you football. doing? 
I like the move, poor execution. I mean, if, and then, I can, if, if it looks like yeah. how it looks in my head, poor execution. But I think it's. But we're not stopping there okay. because then they post a picture of West Virginia, or I don't know, it's just some graphic, and instead of saying WVU, it says they cross out the W and they put an L. Okay. okay. And they say See, that's yeah. that's pretty childish, instead, pretty simple. <laughs> instead of country roads, they say country woes. Like, oh I, like what you, like, so they they had this in the back. Get your stuff like, together. They were, like, they were to, loading this up. Yeah, they were in the social media department over there. Is like allowing this. Yeah, the, the, be they, better. This Get is better. The quality this is control. Why, the quality control was just terrible. This yeah. is why social media is the root of all evil. People want to say. Agree. People want to say it's money. Maybe in, up until 2017, it is now social media. So one million percent. <laughs> so maybe you guys can enlighten me. Is there like a big rivalry between West Virginia and Maryland? Not that I'm aware. Because like, what? Where is all. this coming from? Like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I think I think people are just so excited to have like real football back, and this I guess is, the social media department was ready to be. roll. They were. They probably got stuff lined up for every opponent on their well, schedule. Yeah, what do they have lined up for? What do they have lined up for state? Maybe, That'll be the real question. Maybe, maybe they're going to the playoff. I don't know. People, <laughs> people are saying it. Maryland football. You heard it here first. Maryland football in the playoff. <laughs> they they start every season like two and zero, oh, and they'll like break the AP top twenty five, and everyone will be kind of hyped up about them, and then they'll just fall off a cliff and go like three and nine. So yeah. it must run classic. in the university because that sounds a lot like Mark Turgeon. But whatever. Oh no. Whatever. Oh no. It's a basketball season coming sooner than you think. Yeah. You know I'm going to keep playoffs. it with. Talk about playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Way too early. Unwarranted shot from me. It's okay. Well, whatever. Mark Turgeon out. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in college football for for what I hate, and this also could be considered kind of a love hate thing. But yesterday, obviously, a big college football Saturday. I, I went to Ann Arbor behind enemy lines, watched the Wolverines just demolish Western Michigan. You know, I know you do not like Western oh, Michigan yeah, we'll as our that. resident Chippewa. We'll get to that. More on that later. But obviously, one of the traditions at U of M is they play Mr. Brightside, and the whole student section gets all elated and sings. But then watching Clemson, Georgia, watching these other games last night, it seems like during a replay review or a a silent time on TV, all I kept hearing was Mr. Brightside, Mr. Brightside, Mr. Brightside at football games. I'm I'm hearing it again. Hank, you're already producer of the year. We're not even 10 minutes in. I heard it in my sleep last (laughs) night. Mr. Brightside at football games, overrated. Every game I, I I took in yesterday, it was featured. Do you think the song itself is overrated, or do you just not think at the, all? Okay, you just are with the the I, gimmick of playing it at the at the game. That's I love you, Mr. Okay. Brightside. If Mr. Brightside okay. comes on at the bar or a house, a, a social gathering or okay. something, I will sing every word social to it. Social gathering. I will sing every word to it. I'll take it home. Okay. But the marriage between Mr. Brightside and college football, I don't know really how that started because I feel like that's just a last couple of years thing. But how am I wrong for this? Am I a hater? I okay, so to put it this way, I guess I, it must not upset me too much inside because I didn't really notice that it was played that much. Okay, but now that you've brought it to my attention, I guess I'm just disturbed. No, no, no. I, I I'm, I'm with you, Sloan. I, it's, it doesn't annoy me as much as it irritates you, but I, I get where you're coming from. That's like anytime anyone plays. Anything by Guns N' Roses, I just get irritated. Welcome to the that's jungle. completely different. No, it that isn't. Is it isn't. Because that is partial. All, all people do, people just, yeah. Kickstart my heart. Sweet child of mine. Overrated. Well, uh, hey, I completely hey, disagree. I'm, I'm muting the mic. This I'm is mu- gonna be a, this is going to be a motif of the show this year. I'm muting the mic, dude. You better just watch it. All right. <laughs> GNR slander. Okay, well, let me, let me give what I actually hated from the weekend then. I, not I, GNR. Yeah, yeah, not GNR. Um, I tell you. As a Spartan, 
and and a in a house. What what was I? What'd you call me, Sloan? The household Chippewa. Yes. Well, you're our, our resident, resident Chippewa. Chippewa. Yes. Big fan. Every one of my family went to Central except me. So I love Central Michigan University. I spent a good amount of my time there. Fire up. I could not stand the U of M Western game yesterday. I'm sitting. I, I went to Beggar's Banquet with some buddies. No free ads. We were not having some. We were having some mimosas because that's what you do there. It's fun. Saw Joey Hauser there too. Shout out. Wow. But <laughs> I'm watching. I, that, that, that's the only game on TV, and I'm like, dude, I can't watch this because I have no rooting interest. I hate both of these teams. I hate both of these schools, and I just I wanted to watch a little football with my mimosa. And, and instead, got. I got to watch a blowout with a with my one of my least favorite teams playing against my other least favorite yeah. teams, and it was just awful. Let me give so you that's like what a, I hated. I'll give you like a secondary option. This might you know it, it's football weather outside today. Ste- I stepped out of my apartment with Nathan Stearns, who may or may not be coming on the show for the next segment. Fire and up. there's just a crisp chill in the air. Apple cider started salivating taste in my mouth. <laughs> I just felt the ambiance of college football, but. Picture this: You're sitting in this undisclosed restaurant. Not a not a second free plug. Right. Mimosas are being delivered to the table. Yes. College game day just ends, and on comes Illinois and Northwestern from Champaign. Just a sleazy yeah. noon Big Ten game. That sounds like what you wanted. Yep. Yep. Just a sleazy, yeah. terrible. Big I would have even taken a nice thirty for thirty documentary on ESPN. Oh, I, I would have taken last dance. I, uh, <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not last dance. I don't know. We can get all that later. But, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Hank. But I guess that that's it. That's it for me, dude. I can't. It, it'd be like if the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys played in the Super Bowl, which they can. I understand two NFC teams. But I wouldn't know what to do. I'd be like, this is ridiculous. I can't. I can't pick a winner. I can't bet on it. I can't have any rooting interest or viewing pleasure whatsoever. I'm guessing if you had to pick a lesser of two evils, it would be the Broncos. Oh, it would be. Okay. I, I guess if if it were up to me, I was rooting for the Broncos to upset Michigan, of course, because I go to school here. But it's just Caleb it doesn't Ellaby. change the fact that I hate Western. So okay. yes. Well, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into a team that we do not hate, and that'd be the Michigan State Spartans football team. Now Mel Tucker year two kicked off Friday night with a thirty eight twenty one win over Northwestern to open the season. Now. The last time the Spartans did open the season on a road versus a conference opponent was 1982, but they fell to Illinois that year. That's so long ago. I was in studio for that game. Once again, Nathan Stearns may or may not be in the studio right now. He was in Evanston. More on that later. I was in studio for this game, but what did you guys do to celebrate game day returning to East Lansing? So I was just in the new house. Uh, my brother was here. Uh, Miles, he's still here. He's still in town, but he's friend of he's the program. Passed out on the couch right now, which is great. But um, <laughs> yeah, so my buddies went out to the bars and stuff. But my brother, who is not twenty one, we uh, we kind of sat there. We watched with some other friends who are underage. That that's I'm like the chaperone. I'm like the nice. I'm like the adoptive father, and I just kind of sit there and I. Do you have do like the thing? rope that all like the elementary school children yes. hold? Grab you, a you, ring. Know, you did work with. with Wait, hang kids. on a second. Do I you did. are you like the guy that like brings around the coasters and like is like sweeping up stuff off yeah. the table? And kinda, kinda. Oh, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, because because get your feet off. Are you the fluffing table. the pillows, Trent? The thing the is, game? is, I are don't you fluffing ha- the couch pillows. Hank, I don't even have coasters. I'm using ripped up magazine oh, pages. Right. Oh no. I'm, Hey, set it on a magazine page. It's a new house, maybe. not not on. Yeah, do what you got to do. He hasn't made a trip for decor. So yeah. That was it. I mean, that's what I did to enjoy the game. And I will say this. I guess I should have put this for what I hated, actually, because I'm watching the game on ESPN, and we only get the one channel, right? So yeah. I, I, when I... You're a cord cutter. When the game came on, it was already <laughs> 6-0. I didn't see the first oh, touchdown no. run. 
So Dang. I was, and of blame, course, I'm, once I'm, again, blame Virginia Tech, North Carolina. That game took forever. Yeah, right. And that's why I was so annoyed because I'm sitting there like, we got to call another timeout. We got we to gotta stop the clock again. And I'm, sitting there, I'm just ready for the game to start, game to start. And then it comes on, 14 seconds are off the clock, and it's 6-0. I was like, oh, okay. Something hey, happened. Extra point, nailed it. Return the kickoff or go. something. Yeah. Henry, so, Henry, was the table ready for Friday night? What table? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, the table that was ripped apart? Yes. Yeah, the it table. was former ready. table. It was in p- pristine condition, you know, but no longer, <laughs> unfortunately. It was pristine. We'll, we'll get into the particulars. Obviously, Kenneth Walker the third K9, as we call him now. Obviously, we'll get into him later and his just unbelievable game. But I guess we'll start where really the game started, and really the number one surprise was that Peyton Thorne ran out with the first team offense and not Anthony Russo. Now, Trent, was that did that come as a surprise to you in the that Russo was not the victor of the quarterback battle? It did because and I, and I guess this is old news at this point it's a tired conversation, but like Russo coming here, I I, I just I, for some reason in my head I thought it was a foregone conclusion. I'm like he why would he come here if he's not going to start cuz you know, he's only got one year of eligibility left, correct? Oh, yeah. So this is it. This, I mean, is, this, is, this is it for him. He's getting a grad degree in something right. at this fine university. So good for him. I mean, you know, coming over from Temple and whatnot, but I just thought for sure, you know, especially given all the work that Mel did in the in the transfer portal, I just thought this was a surefire starter. And then you start to hear the rumblings of, you know, here's what's going on. And and then Thorne, lo and behold, is your starter. And and, and I, I don't really hate it necessarily. Um, I know Nathan Stearns feels some type of way about Peyton Thorne. We'll get to that yes, in a little bit. more to come. But I, I guess my a thing tease. is just – He's not going to lose you games, man. He's like he's he's similar to Jared Goff, I think. And, and, and more to come our, once again. Our Jared Goff, but, QB one. Uh, yeah, I mean he he might not go out and win you games. He's not going to make big plays like that. But hey, look what happened. K nine, a fantastic game on the ground. You give him a little RPO action, give him a little run support, and he he can win. He can win. And that Northwestern team, I know they're not going to be a juggernaut this year, but it's a Big Ten opponent. And I love that Michigan State's opening with like a, a little bit of a stronger punch because we can actually get a measuring, like, what am I trying to say? We can get a sample for what this team's actually going to look like this year as opposed to playing a cupcake and maybe eking it out and then we're nervous, like, oh, boy, what's this year going to look like? Bottom line, I thought Peyton Thorne was great. And, and, and what, what are your thoughts on the quarterback situation? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like – like you kind of like you said, Russo was going to be the plug and play starter. I mean, the three year starter at Temple, he made bowl games with them. He was very productive, a big a guy with a big arm. But you heard those rumblings as summer camp started going along. Peyton Thorne is kind of the leader for the job. He was in the offense last year, which could have given him a slight edge. But, I, you know, without evaluating Russo and obviously not being with the team in camp, I get the idea that he might be kind of a statue, maybe not as much mobility as Peyton Thorne, obviously. The arm strength, I think, is a plus over Thorne, but I think they really like using Thorne in those RPOs that you were talking about, getting him out of the pocket, making throws easier for him. I think Russo could be a little bit of a turnover machine at times as well. I think they kind of wanted a more dynamic threat under center in Peyton Thorne. I mean, it is still surprising, though. All along in my head, I thought it was going to kind of be Russo because he came here to do one thing. That Just was made be, sense. It was to be QB1. So that was a, a big surprise. And another big surprise, too, obviously 15 transfers were brought in this offseason, one of them being Kenneth Walker the third. 23 carries for 264 yards and four touchdowns. 
Now, this guy's That's kind of incomprehensible. A it is bit. incomprehensible. He he outrushed the Spartans' leading returning rusher in Jordan Simmons in one game. Yep. It's bizarre. Four touchdowns also outrushes anybody for the Spartans last year. I believe they had two, and one of them was from Tyler Hunt. But this guy's ceiling is just incredibly high. I mean, you look at his skill set, his vision, his size, his burst, like you said, on that first touchdown run. Really, all the skills are there for this guy to be an all-Big Ten running back. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I don't want it, to – again, it's one game. I was joking with my buddies about this. It would be awesome if there was a Heisman power rankings after one game because no one, no one had a better stat line than, than Kenneth Walker uh, yeah. at, at, from this week, you know? If he runs for 250 yards and four touchdowns a game, he'll be the, he'll be the runaway favorite. Yeah, I mean, I was, Heisman th- I was thinking, like, how what, – what, what would you have to do? Like, what would a defensive player have to do to kind of have that kind of performance on the defensive side? Six sacks and a, and a scoop and score? Like that, it's insane. It's almost 300 yards and four touchdowns. So yeah, when you talk about a ceiling, it's like it, it's it's kind of a classic. We got to wait and see here and there because you know, of course, Michigan State fans might be a little jaded from the whole yeah. L.J. Scott situation, Elijah Collins. All, yes, and and it's so it's it's not familiar. It's not unfamiliar territory for the for the Spartans. But like, I'm I'm in on I'm in on him. This guy, I mean, he has a chance to be kind of the best steady running back number one, really, since Jeremy Langford. I mean, since Langford left, I mean, obviously, LJ Scott stepped in. He had some troubles staying on the field, troubles with injuries, other troubles. He was never really that consistent guy. Others like Madre London stepped in. Elijah Collins had a great freshman year, but he's since kind of faded into the distance. It's really been since Jeremy Langford when this team has had an RB, an undoubted RB1. Now, I mean, the reason I think Kenneth Walker has the opportunity to be that guy is because of what he did last year in the ACC. I mean, he was Wake Forest's number one running back, ran for nine touchdowns last season. It's not like this guy is some unknown. He plays, he plays, played Power Five football. He's got the size. He's got the speed, and that's why I, I'm so high on his ceiling. I mean, obviously, I don't want to run to conclusions immediately, right? But this guy, I think the sky's the limit, and it's just. It's it's going to open this offense up in unbelievable ways to have a, a steady running presence. I think so too. I just think that's going to be the your identity on that side of the ball, you know, because we just talked at length about Thorne and and what his limitations are. But you know, if you're able to forget 250 plus yards, if you're able to give 100 plus yards, 115 on the ground a game from one guy, you're able to establish that run, especially in the Big Ten where it's just gritty and these we got these low scoring games. Typically, yeah. that's another thing. It was a fun little. I don't want to call it a shootout because it wasn't, but the over that the over, over that hit? over that over did hit. Okay. I think I didn't Hunter, touch it. So I think Northwestern's second touchdown may have hit the over. Okay, the guy, funny Zach Sardanic, friend of the program, on the broadcast, he was doing color at that time, and he said that that touchdown may be significant to some. So okay, thank you, Zach, sly. for pointing that out. Very sly, very Zach. sly. But that's that's. I mean, I guess my point is just that this this team. On offense, the identity, I think, is going to run through Walker. No pun intended. 100%. I mean, Mel Tucker's made it very clear, and obviously this is the Big Ten. It, you know, this is going to be a run-first ball club. And it's, I mean, talk, you know, kind of looping this back into the quarterback conversation, it's going to make things easier on Peyton Thorne. If they establish the run, you know, set up some play-action passing for and him. And his defense, too. Yeah, the, controlling the clock is going to be huge. Now, talking about the defense a little bit, too, before we get into maybe a couple of concerns that we have, once again, recapping Michigan State's 38-21 opening win against Northwestern. I was really impressed with the defensive front for the Spartans, too. They had three sacks, seven tackles for loss, and they really have a lot of guys that they can rotate up there. I think one of Mel Tucker's finest hires was bringing back Ron Burton from Mark D'Antonio's staff. 
You think of guys like Jalen Hunt, Drew Beasley, Drew Jordan, even Tank Brown from Minnesota played a little bit, Simeon Barrow, I mean, Deshaun Mallory, the list really goes on and on. They can do wholesale line changes in this on this defensive front. And I think this is the deepest defensive front that MSU's had in a couple of years. The depth is insane. Off the depth is off the charts. Um, but it's just it's again, like when you play in a conference like the Big Ten, forget power five, I understand, but the Big Ten in particular is it's trench football, man. And and when you're able to just have ten guys that you can just keep throwing different looks at the opposing offense, like that's that's such a luxury. And boy, oh boy, is it awesome to watch a pass rush. You I know. know what I mean? Like we against a good Northwestern offensive line too. They had some right. returning experience. That's what I'm saying. And, and and again, it's it's week one. You know, everyone's kind of guessing here and there with certain things. But and so I don't want to overreact. But I loved what I saw from the defensive front. We'll get into a couple of concerns with the win quickly. We're going to be joined by uh, football beat reporter Nathan Stearns here in just a moment. But a couple of concerns uh, after the win. Obviously, it's a 31-21 win over a conference opponent on the road to open the season. So there's not too much you can be picky about. But the pass defense is one thing I'd like to see short up a little bit. Hunter Johnson had a pretty nice game. I'll, I'll get the numbers right now. Through for, let's see, two. I mean, he had 283 yards through the air. He completed 30 passes. Michigan State did a lot of rotating at the cornerback positions. Kalen Gervin played. Ronald Williams, the Alabama transfer, really did not play. Marquis Lowry, transfer from Arizona, played a decent amount. So I'm a little concerned about the pass defense. I think they're still trying to figure out who cornerback one and cornerback two really are going to be. Obviously, plenty of time to shore that up, though, going into Youngstown. Yeah, I, I guess... So it, to answer the question, what are my concerns? I'm going to be honest, I don't have a ton. I mean, I put in here that I think the team might get a little complacent here and there, and I guess I'm looking at that in a, in a in a macro sense because what you have now done by beating Northwestern, if you look at the schedule, and I'm, I'm always the schedule guy, for better or for worse, but, dude, it's Youngstown State, then it's Miami who just got throttled, then it's Nebraska, then it's Western Kentucky, then it's Rutgers. Like, what you have now done by starting with a win against Northwestern and putting those putting that wind in your sails – you can realistically start the season very well. I'm not going to do numbers because that always bites me. It always comes back to haunt me. But like, I guess my thing with this team right now would be: don't get complacent. Don't get satisfied just because you knocked out, you know, the hardest game of your first four. I mean, you can argue about Miami, whatever. But I guess that's just that's my only concern at this point. Don't ruin what you started. Don't don't yeah. don't let it go rotten. You know I what mean, I mean? We don't want this to. We don't want Youngstown State to become a trap. Exactly. And I. I mean, obviously, I not all. Not all the lines have opened yet, but I did see someone had Michigan State as minus twenty and a half against Youngstown State. Yeah. Obviously, Miami is waiting for the Spartans week three. I don't believe in Youngstown State. I don't know if many do. I don't think that's a game that they could realistically go out there and lose a la Michigan versus App State or something similar to that. But nevertheless, I want a a resounding win. I, I don't want them to take the, their foot off the gas, and I want them to have, feel confident. Exactly, because if you look at if you look at the, the, the two extremes here, you got Oklahoma yesterday. You catch any of that game? Ranked second in the country. They're, they're the big cheese. I get it, but they still only escape. They, they beat Tulane by five points, and it's like, okay, a win is a win, but you would much rather be coming off a, a game where you're running back as 250-plus yards and four touchdowns because then you're building something at that point instead of, oh, shoot, we just might not be as good as we thought. And then you're starting to play all the mental gymnastics, and again, we're only one game in. So, yeah, to your point, Sloan, I agree. I want to go throttle Youngstown State, and we can talk about all that later, but... uh. That would be my only concern at this point. I, I love what I saw on both sides. 
Well, we're pleased to be joined now in studio by a special guest of the program. That'd be football beat reporter for the Impact. That'd be Nathan Stearns. Nathan, Zach Serdanik, Aiden Champion, were in Evanston for the game, obviously, so they had a close-up look. But I guess I want to talk about, first and foremost, we got to talk about these Michigan State uniforms and helmets. Now, the script state was supposed to be something that happened last year against Maryland on the helmet. It did not, but i, I got to say, how did that look in person under the lights, Nathan? You know you're asking the wrong guy, right? Oh, come I on, want you're them not to a win. helmet guy? I want them to win. I don't care if they're running around with pillows. I want them to win, period. Wow. That's all I... I think the uniform stuff, I think all that other stuff really can go out the window. Dan Campbell's in the studio right now, I guess. I I, I, I was going to say, I didn't realize we were being joined by Dan Campbell on this program. All right, I was going to lob up another softball, but now I'm a little bit worried about this next question. Hopefully you'll take this a little easier than the first one. But you were back in a full stadium or semi-full in Ryan Field. Obviously, there were a lot of Spartan fans there. Obviously, you covered a lot of games last year that didn't have people in them. Just... Being back in an actual college football atmosphere, what was that like? It was beautiful. The universe is slowly returning to normal. And that, frankly, was a home game for Michigan State. You saw more go green, go white chance than whatever. Those videos were great, seeing that happen in the the stadium. I don't even know what Northwestern's fight song is, but I counted probably four or five times you heard go green, go white. I didn't didn't hear much of nothing from Northwestern, and it – it felt like college football. Last year, it felt like you were playing in a parking lot. That was the same environment. But this was beautiful, even though Ryan Fields, the smallest team in, or the smallest stadium in the Big Ten, it, it felt normal. It felt like what you're signing up for is a media member covering college football. Something pre-pandemic, you're starting to see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Nathan, so getting into kind of the meat and potatoes of the game, 31-28 win for Michigan State over the Wildcats. How does this win really change your overall expectations for the season? I mean, Trent and I talked about it a little bit, looking at the schedule. The roadmap is starting to get easier for the Spartans with this win. But how does it change your expectations looking at the big picture? Going into the year, I thought that Mel Tucker needed to get to six wins and get to a bowl game. I don't care what bowl game it is. I don't think, frankly, a lot of Michigan State fans care what bowl game it is. You just need to show that level of incremental progress, that you're going in the right direction. This was a game that I had in my toss-up category. You didn't know what you were going to get from Michigan State because Michigan State doesn't release a depth chart. You didn't know what you were going to get from Northwestern because you lose two-thirds of your starters. And that was a dominant wire-to-wire win, as you guys already touched on. That was a game going forward that I thought if you win, your chances of making a bowl game probably go up by 25-30%. Youngstown State's not a good football team. Well, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. You went to overtime and let Incarnate Word score 41 points. I don't even know where Incarnate Word is. I, well, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Stearns, I guess if I'm looking at the schedule, I think you're kind of going in this direction here. I just want to ask you, like, wh- why do you think the first loss comes if you just had to knee-jerk say it right now? I say 50-50 Miami. Okay. Going down to Hard Rock is I think a, being beast there... in the, a beast in three quarters. Yes. I know everybody's a little low on Miami after they got throat-punched by Alabama. Michigan State would have gotten throat-punched. Throat-punched punch putting it nicely. I was going to say, yeah, everybody gets throat-punched by Alabama. My biggest question is how healthy is Derek King? He went off briefly yesterday, was in the injury tent, didn't do a whole heck of a lot. I don't know if his ankle's still at 100%. If he's at 70 75%, that's good for Michigan State. But I think going down there, if I had to put it, I still think Miami's the slight favorite. But other than that, 
I think you easily run rough shot through Nebraska, Nebraska, and I think Scott Frost is going to be gone by week six. People forget how sneaky good Western Kentucky is, though, too. That's a good 9-10 win Conference USA team every single year. They're one of the best mid-majors in college football. That's a game, if you just roll out of bed and you don't show up, you're going to look up in the third quarter and it's going to be 21-10. to 10. So is that the biggest trap game, in your opinion, before you really the, the rubber really meets the road and you play the likes of Michigan and Purdue and you know all these programs? Absolutely. Because then you have to fly out to Piscataway the next week and then you have to go down to Bloomington. That's the final home game before you head out for a two-game stint on okay. the road in conference. And if you hit if you land in the sand and just kind of face palm, that you go 0-1 could easily go into 0-3. Good teams don't take one step forward, two steps back, so it's important to – I know that sounds like coach speak, and I know that sounds like Mel Tucker, the king of coach speak, but at <laughs> the end of the day – job security. But at the end of the day, I think if you can get around Miami, there's no reason you shouldn't be flying to Piscataway 5-0. Okay. Spartan they, fans like to hear that? Yeah. The realistic, nice, optimistic expectations. It's been a while since we've had those. Once again, joined in studio by football beat reporter Nathan Stearns. Nathan, we talked a little bit about the quarterback battle in the first segment. Were you really shocked that it was Peyton Thorne who ran out there for MSU for that first series? And now considering it is Thorne instead of Anthony Russo, what kind of upside does he bring compared to Russo's game? I give Zach Serdnick, our fellow beat reporter, a lot of credit. He had Peyton Thorne from the get-go. I thought it was Anthony Russo for a lot of the same reasons that Trent did. He's in his final year. This is a guy who started for three years at Temple, won eight games two years in a row, hit, threw for more touchdowns than he did interceptions. I think the line was 44-32. to 32. Threw for over 6,000 yards. He has NFL-level arm strength, so... He's not going to go somewhere where he can't improve his draft stock, and I think he genuinely thought coming into East Lansing, that it was his job to lose, which is not a bad mindset to have. But I just thought Anthony Russo would have sort of been what Peyton Ramsey was for Northwestern last year, a cerebral veteran guy who knows how to win, who knows college football. No, he hasn't been in the Michigan State playbook for a whole heck of a lot of time, but he's still in Temple for three years. He's still playing good teams. He's still playing Memphis. He's still playing Houston. He knows college football, period. I was surprised that it was Thorne. But, you know, unlike what, Luke, you think, I, I'm i not horribly, horribly down with Thorne starting because I realize that if he gets this job going, you're set for the next two years. You're set for the next three years. You're not going to have to throw Hamp Faye to the Wolves. You're not going to have to throw Caden Hauser to the Wolves next year. He is a very smart, a very cerebral quarterback, a coach's kid. He's He's a game manager, and people think that that's a bad thing, but it's not. You have Kenneth Walker, you have Naylor, you have Jaden Reed. Get the ball to them in space and let them make plays. You do that, you're fine. You know, you don't want you don't need to be Rocky Lombardi throwing off your back foot into double coverage. Yikes. If you stay ahead of the chains, he was a drive sustainer. He made the plays. He didn't try to go crazy. He and give credit to Jay Johnson for dialing up a bunch of high percentage passing situations, he did exactly what he had to do. He knows his role. He doesn't try to extend it. He just does one-eleventh of what he's supposed to do. And going forward, you get a feeling, at least for me, I don't know how you guys feel about this, Michigan State will be in pretty much every game, possibly with the exception of Ohio State because they're a different animal. Everybody knows that. If you don't turn the ball over, you stay ahead of the chains, and you play the field position game. And that's exactly what they did against Northwestern. Northwestern was successful between the 20s, but it was that final 20, 25-yard box 
where they couldn't score. Right. Where Charlie Kubander kept kept missing field goals. But at the end of the day, I don't mind the decisions to start Thorne because he's not going to be the reason you lose a lot of games. It's a play for the long run, for sure. And and Stearns, I guess I want to bring it back to Thorne just for a quick second because you had an excellent stand-up analysis after the game. And one of the things you said that kind of stood out to me was the term game manager has gotten such a bad rap. Like, game managers win. And I guess that's the that's kind of the bottom line for me. Is that is that what you're saying, I guess? It is. It is. Especially in college football. There's not a lot of West Coast air raid offenses. There's still a lot of backyard brawl, inside zone, outside zone, sort of like a 1970s, 80s level offensive scheme. Look at what Iowa and Wisconsin do. They've been running that same, you know, heavy zone guard pulling action for 20 years and it works. But for Michigan State, when you've had guys in the past, you know, I don't want to rag too hard on Rocky Lombardi, but even Brian Lewerke that hey, struggled Lombardi, so much. He delivered a win at Georgia Tech. We love Rocky Lombardi. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But Legend. when you've had quarterbacks in the past that have struggled so much with ball security and making the right decision, it's nice to see a guy who knows exactly where to go with the ball and who, if there's not something there, is going to throw it away to the sideline, live to fight another down. You do that. You either get a field goal you get a punt, you play the field position game, or you get a touchdown. You will be in a lot of these games because you are talented enough and you're well-coached enough Or if you don't shoot yourself in the foot. And that's what this team did so much last year, a la Rutgers when you have seven turnovers, a la Iowa, a la Indiana, when you're, when you're turning the ball over and your defense is going out onto the field every 30 seconds and you're already deep in opposing territory, you don't do that. You play complementary football you will have a chance to win seven or eight games this year. Nathan, before we get into kind of a preview and prediction of uh, next week's game at Youngstown State, before we hit a break, I want to kind of bring it back full circle for some college football stuff in general. Obviously, this is officially week one in college football. We had week zero last week. Why it's called week zero, I really don't understand that. But real quickly, who do you have your, as your pick for Heisman this year in college football? Tyler and, and Hunt. is he a future Lion? Tyler Hunt. No. <laughs> I hope seriousness. Tyler Hunt is not a future Lion. I'm sorry, Tyler Hunt. I'm going to go with Spencer Adler. I think that's kind of the consensus pick. That's the one thing with the Lincoln Riley offense. They'll give up 45 points, but they'll score 50. They'll score 50 points every single week. He's a solid lock for 300 yards and four passing touchdowns every single game. I think it's a relatively easy decision. We're going to have to see how Ungalele does and Clemson and some of these other guys, but I think right now he's the odds-on favorite, and he's my odds-on favorite personally. Do you have a top four for your college football playoff and an eventual national champion? You know, you asked me this question in the car on the way over here, and I probably should have thought about this a little bit more. I'm gonna go, radio, baby. I'm going to go Alabama. I'm going to go Clemson. I think, you know, especially after Clemson, even though they laid a deuce Man, against that Georgia, was, that, that was, was an ugly game. game. That was an Yikes. ugly game. That looked like game. a Big Ten football There's no game. offensive touchdowns. Was that Illinois and Nebraska or Clemson? <laughs> And Georgia, excuse me. Yeah, not sure. It's, it was the Cl- old, it's the old Spider-Man pointing at each other. Yeah. It was Clarkson, West Bloomfield three years ago when Clarkson won 3-2 to two in the state championship I love game. It. This isn't just a college football show. We, we cover it all, man. But no, I, th- I think Clemson runs the table from here on out. The ACC is ah. still weak. I, I think you, you win that. You, you go, you run the table, you win your next 11 games, you win the conference championship. I think they're in. I think Ohio State's in. No, but nobody's stopping Ohio State again. I know that's the odds on. They're the odds-on favorite, and no, nobody's stopping them. Captain Khakis ain't getting them no this con- year. No, no. concern with uh, C.J. Stroud breaking in a new quarterback. I-, I personally don't have any concerns. I think he's going to end up, his stock is going to eventually go up throughout the season, but no concerns there. 
Stroud missed a bunch of wide open throws, and in that first half, didn't play well. And they still scored 45. Right. In Minnesota. They still scored 45 bloody points. Imagine what's going to happen week five or week six when he starts to get in Ryan Day's offense a little bit more. He starts to incorporate himself within the overall scheme a little bit more. No. When you're when you at 75% is almost reaching the 50-point threshold against a good Minnesota team on the road with a potential top three round running back, no. I I, I think they're the odds on favor. And then I'm gonna go with a little bit of a dark horse. I'm going Georgia. Ah, I'm going Georgia. Fighting Kirby Smarts. I'm not sure if Georgia can get around Alabama this year, but after what I saw last night, Georgia's one of the four best teams in college football. All right, if you have to pick one of them. Georgia or Bama. I think Georgia and Bama both make it, to be honest with you. I think we're gonna see two SEC teams. I, I just looking at a rematch of the what was it, two thousand eighteen college football yeah. playoff? Yes, final. it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. Jake Fromm, right? Jake Fromm and Tua debuted in that game. So those are my four picks. I I don't see really anybody else contending. I think Oklahoma's gonna be there. Maybe you'll see another magical run for Coastal Carolina, go Chanteliers, but Love it. At the end of the day, I'm not going to go with any of the flashy picks because it seems like every time somebody has a flashy pick, it's the same four every year. It is. It's some combination of Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame's always in there, Oklahoma's always in there, but you know, expand the field, please. Love it. I don't know who I got to write a letter to. I don't know whose porch I got to go stand on. On behalf of the Green and White Report, uh, we hereby ask the College Football Playoff Committee to please expand to eight teams, please and thank you. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. They that, don't. They don't know who we are. That's they that, should. Yeah, they have no idea who we are. But they, <laughs> that, they will know someday. Okay, that's all. I all right, Sternsy. Before we hit a break here on the Green and White Report, Youngstown State coming to the woodshed next week. Spartans are favored early by one odds maker minus twenty and a half. Quick prediction: couple keys for the Spartans in that game, and what do you want to see happen for you to come out happy after that game? I'm going to say 52 to seven, Michigan State. Youngstown Ooh. State's not a football, uh, not a very good football team. Went one and six last year in the Missouri in the Missouri Valley Con. They haven't had a lot. When you're losing to North Dakota State and you're losing to South Dakota and all these other FCS schools, I don't see a way in which they're coming here and not getting decked in the first three quarters. Biggest thing for me is Mel Tucker's got to find his 22. You can't keep rotating in 13 offensive linemen. You can't keep rotating in seven or eight wide receivers. You got to find your running back core, too. We, you saw Jordan Simmons get playing time. You saw Harold Joyner. You saw Kenneth Walker. I want it to be Walker with like 90% of the carries, maybe on some third and short stuff, goal line stuff. You see Harold Joyner, then maybe occasionally on some screen stuff, some scat back stuff, you get it to Jordan Simmons. But you got to start to really whittle down your rotation. You saw more guys play than I think anybody has ever seen play ever like I I didn't even know who Kel Holiday and Jeff Petrowski were before the game like I did all my pre-prep for Noah Harvey because I was under the impression that Noah Harvey was starting and then I don't see Noah Harvey until the fourth quarter so everything kind of goes out the window hey, but, student uh, media at the finest right love it yeah. Mr. Stearns any uh final keys for Youngstown State you can't have a you can't have a letdown because it's not going to yeah. hurt you against Youngstown State. It's going to hurt you the next week against Miami. It's not about what Youngstown State does. It's about what you do. There is no reason why Noah Kim should not be getting the first snaps of his collegiate career in the third in the third quarter. You do that, you get one step better, you get incrementally better, you're going to go to Miami with a very real chance of starting off 3-0. All right, Nathan, and we appreciate you joining us here on the Green and White Report. Nathan will be a frequent guest here talking about college football, talking about the Spartans throughout this season. Nathan, Nathan, thank you very much. Yes, 
He will be the staple, Stearns. Hey, not just college football in the, the NFL as well. He's a man of, of many footballs. MHSAA, too, we gave that a shout. Anyways, on the other side of the break here on the Green and Right Report, we'll be joined by Adam Baker talking a little MSU soccer, maybe even a little bit of Premier League soccer because I need a new Premier League team because mine got relegated. Uh-oh. Thank you, Sheffield United. But you're listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM. Welcome back to the Green and White Report on WDBM. Luke Sloan, Trent Bally, joined in studio now by MSU soccer beat reporter Adam Baker. We just finished talking about football with Nathan Stearns of the American type. Now we're going to talk about normal football. Nathan, or excuse me, Adam. Gosh, I'm used to Nathan being in studio. It's the first show. Is okay. there? Do you call soccer soccer, or do you call football football? Is and, and am I wrong for calling it? Settle soccer? the debate. Yeah, the, 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 debate. The, the debate needs to be settled now. Honestly, I don't go with either of them too often. It's uh, it's Kuda in Arabic, and I feel like that was just a nice settling point. I don't have to go through any controversy. Okay, calling it soccer, calling it football, or just going by what league's playing. Okay, I guess if I'm saying MSU soccer, though, that's my answer. So you like when referring to the Spartans, it's just MSU soccer. Yeah, but all right. If, if I'm talking pro with friends, all right, Kuda. Adam, I need some I need some help here. So we last year I infamously used a spreadsheet to come up with a Premier League team that I was going to root for. That Premier League team was Sheffield United. The first time I rooted for Sheffield, they were pretty good, pretty competitive, and then last year they got relegated. So all of a sudden I need a new Premier League team now, and I'm open to suggestions. Yeah, I did you kind of dirty. I made the spreadsheet. I, know. I didn't think He made Sheffield's. the spreadsheet, and, and it purposefully my team got relegated. The second you and Dandrin picked Sheffield, I swear they won like one out of 24 games. Their manager got fired. But, look, I'll give you a few options, All and right. we're going to go only for the top, so there's no risk of you falling off. All right, I'll take that. All right, Chelsea just won the Champions League. Chris they, Pulisic, Christian Pulisic. Pulisic is there, yep. and they just got better. I love it. Ronaldo's going back to United, so can't go wrong with them. All right. City's probably still the best team in the country. And then Liverpool, you get to support with Hunt. Ah, Aiden Hunt, former friend of the program, still friend of the program. And they have the same squad going That's that won the league two years ago. They didn't really change much still. But. I feel like I'd kind of be jumping on the bandwagon if I joined whatever team Ronaldo is on. Do you have a Premier League team, Adam? Yes, Liverpool, okay. but I'm also Ronaldo FC, so things are a little uh, complicated right okay. now. See, the reason I liked Sheffield is because they were underdogs. Now, Trent, do you have a Premier League team? You- I, I don't because I don't really know anything. Okay. I, I am a big, big, big U.S. men's national team guy, and we can maybe talk about that here in a little bit. But no, I, right. I, I enjoy the Premier League, but I don't have a, I don't have a rooting interest. I, I have enough teams that I psychotically root for. I, I think I'm going to have to choose Chelsea as my new Premier League team just because of, of the American connection. Is it Christian Pulisic or Pulisic? I never, I can't pronounce names. I don't know soccer. I'm just a mess. I go Pulisic. Pulisic. Like like Pulisic. To... Okay. All right. It's it's gonna be Chelsea for me. All right. Yeah, we got to get you some silverware. All right. We silverware. We we can't have you falling down the way Sheffield did. You know. We... Yeah. Yeah. Do they call the trophy like silverware or something? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I need to be. I need to be a soccer guy. I'm Sloan. really missing out on a lot of stuff. Sloan is unlocking a potential that he didn't even know he had, but. Adam, uh, you obviously cover the men's soccer team here at Michigan State, and I guess that's kind of what we want to get into with you. Uh, the team is now 2-1 and one on the young season after a victory over Cleveland State uh, in the season opener in Oakland on Friday night. The loss came to Akron in between those games, but um, 
What are your expectations for this team? Enlighten our listeners who really don't know a whole lot about this team. Well, I think we're expecting the best year we've seen since 2018. Maybe not up to that high standard, but definitely better than the last two years. We're seeing it was a young group, obviously, going back to 2019, and there hasn't been too much change within it. So the chemistry of the group is at an all-time high, the understanding within each other, everyone's individual confidence. So it's only the non-conference right now, but we're expecting them to be a lot better coming in the rest of the non-conference and a better conference record than the last two years. So you come off that Akron loss, and you win in convincing fashion. So uh, what, what, I guess, were you impressed by their ability to bounce back there? Yeah, for sure, because I think last year you look at it, deflating losses kind of came in streaks. Especially there was one moment they had a tough loss against Indiana. It turned into a three-game losing streak capped off with another deflating loss against Michigan. So you come into this one, and to make matters worse, you're coming off a last-second loss. You go down 1-0 in the first 10 minutes. So putting both of those two things together and still being able to cap off a pretty convincing 3-1 win. It was 2-1 until just a few minutes left. But it's not like Oakland really had any clear opportunities to level. So the mindset of the team's looking real strong and the ability to be able to two of the three games, well, all of them, were one-goal games going into the final stretch. Obviously, Akron got away from them, but they were able to see out the other two. And obviously, you'd want to seeing goals flow in preseason or the non-conference are nice if you want to get big wins, but also being able to see out one-nil win or one-goal wins are valuable to get this early in the season. So you talk about these tight wins, but you know, it might not the score might not be indicative of how the control was and the Spartans able to control possession and stuff. You mentioned the offense has been clicking early. What have you been seeing up front? I think we're seeing Gianni Ferry and Fry Mutatu are the two starters to start right now. It's through last season we saw a little a lot of mix up between Connor well not rotation between Connor George and Gianni Ferry to play alongside him. And Ferry's really making the spot his own to start. He scored the opening goal of the season and since then he's got an assist in both games. And his dribbling confidence is at an all-time high. I think last night against Oakland, not last night, but Friday night against Oakland, really never backing out on any one-on-one challenges, going on for a second, a third take on. And the end product didn't always come off for him in the second half, but the confidence was great. And just putting yourself in those chances are what really matters early on in the season. The finishing will come. The assist will come. But if you can't get yourself in those positions early, that's where you really start to worry, and that's not a problem we're seeing with them. And obviously for Amutatu getting off the mark, a great turn and finish. And he's always going to have that in his bag. He's very quick to shoot, and he has high talent of it going at it from distance. So seeing him get one this early. And then you're getting a lot of support from the midfield too. Michael Miller scored a great free kick in the Cleveland State win. And against Akron, a great effort, a great chipped effort. So getting that help from the midfield too, it's good to see the offense being able to attack from a lot of different avenues. Adam, you mentioned that really that this team has the best chance to have a really a banner season since the 2018 season when they went all the way to the College Cup. But what pitfalls is this team going to need to avoid down the stretch this season compared to last year to make sure that they kind of get over the hump and not struggle down the stretch like they have in, in 19 and 20? Well, I think, well, one like, big talking point, I guess, is the robbery games. They haven't been able to beat Michigan as of late, and they've played frequently Three times in 2019, two times in 2020, 0-5 in those games. So being able to get the big games done, they haven't been able to beat Indiana either. Maryland, one uh, they drew in 2019, they lost in 2020. So getting those games to go your way are going to be big. And I think just figuring out, it's not a huge issue, but they've experimented with the back line a little. Nick Stone was predominantly a center back last season. Now he's playing left back. 
and he's a right-footed left back, so it's a little bit of a funny fit for him. He has the talent to adjust to it, but it just take a second to be flawless. Chase Inchos, the new center back they have in playing with Luke Morrell, and he's the left center back, so him and Stone figuring out that chemistry. And then if yeah, the alternative is Stone being center back and Dante Morissette being left back. So just figuring out what their best back line is will be a You really want to get that out of the way before the conference comes through. Adam, you talk about a couple of those rivalry games like Michigan. Obviously, there's a lot said every year about how competitive the Big Ten is at soccer. Are you concerned about the Spartans playing really in another competitive conference again this year? And what are a couple of teams that might stand out? As I mean, conference play is still a little bit of a ways away, but when it does start, who are you looking for? I, mean, I think if it's Big Ten soccer, you always go down the same big three of Indiana, Maryland, and Michigan. And then again, not much of a drop-off with teams like Penn State below them. So when the conference gets underway, yeah, every game is a big game, and you want to be tested every week, and it's just the perfect measuring stick for them if they can. And they've proven they can play with the big teams. Again, last year they played all three of them in a row, and they, didn't, they weren't able to win any of the three games, but in two of the three, the Indiana and Michigan games, they did play up to the, they played up to the competition and just saw it get away from them. So they have the talent to go with them. They just need to finish it off this year. Adam, do you know anything about Bowling Green uh, and their program they got here? The Spartans taking on them tomorrow. We got a little Labor Day special here in DeMartin Stadium. Do you know anything about Bowling Green? What do you expect from this game? Can't say I'm too well-versed on Bowling Green, but I mean, I think any time... I, th- I think the expectation in the non-conference is always to be able to pull out a victory. Correct. So, And it's what they've been able to... I mean, Akron's a little bit of a different non-conference game. There's obviously the history with the 2018 College Cup and while the squads are completely different and they have met again since then, that's always going to feel like a bigger occasion. But in the other games, like the Oaklands and the Bowling Greens, you do just kind of want to see them win. It's not like they need to blow them out, but just being able to see how to win. Adam, it's obviously we talked a little bit with Nathan and before in the beginning of the show about how fans are back at college football stadiums, but we have really great soccer fans here at Michigan State. The Red Cedar Rowdies, great student section yes. name, by the way. Love the Red Cedar Rowdies. We're a big Red Cedar Rowdies fan here on the show. Great. I mean, I just love the soccer atmosphere at, at DeMartin Stadium, you know, whether covering it or going there as a fan. And have you noticed a little bit of a pep in the step of the team and, and a better atmosphere? Because obviously you covered the team last year with no fans. Fans have returned this year. Is that going to be a boost? Yeah, for sure. And I think any time you talk to either a player or a coach, they don't, have to, don't, they don't even have to be asked about it. One of the first things they mentioned is how good the Rowdies were. Brian Mutatsu called them the 12th man of the team. And every time they score, they're eager to get close to the stands and celebrate with them. So now I think it's huge for the players to have them. It gives them yeah, the extra pep in their step and just something to look forward to. So, Adam, uh, we start Big Ten play here on September 17th at Wisconsin. So there's still a, a little bit more time to tune things up. Um, before we let you go, I want to kind of zoom out here and ask you about the Big Ten and where you think Michigan State actually is going to finish in this conference. I think, well, I think, first of all, Wisconsin – it's definitely one of the more favorable games you could have to open as going off previous seasons. I think you don't want to set the bar too high. I think you'd want to aim for fourth below those main three teams I mentioned. If you can finish above your rivals, Michigan, you'd obviously like to do that and really flip the script on what's been happening the last two years. So but anywhere between fourth and fifth, and obviously those two teams play each other in the Big Ten tourney, so not too much of a flip with those two seeds. Or I'll- third through fifth, and yeah. I want to give both of you guys a chance to talk about the uh, United States men's national team just here for a second before we break. But 
I'm I don't follow soccer that much, but Trent is is a big fan. Yeah, big time. <clears throat> as far as the national team goes, they got a, a World Cup qualifier tonight. Adam, do you watch any of that? Qualifiers depends on the lineup. I mean, for qualifiers, the order kind of goes European ones, South American ones. Then, right? If yeah, if the if Mexico and US have good lineups, I'll, I'll try to tune into theirs. So I'm betting on Mich- Michigan State. I'm betting on <laughs> the men tonight. They're taking on Canada in Nashville. My brother will be there. Shout out Brock. Front Love of the, it. Front of the program. Nashville, gorgeous city. Yeah, it is gorgeous. And the fact that it's Labor Day tomorrow and it's kind of like a Friday, still a weekend. I might get a little rowdy tonight. I'm not sure. All right. A little rowdy for the soccer game. Yes, but I do like I do like the men to pull it out and the over under for the goals is set at two and a half. Smash what's, the over. What's is it a spread or just for them to win? Uh there's no there's no spread, but it, uh the US is favored. They're minus one sixty five. Oh, you should get that. At home against Canada. So as you're saying it is advised. It's yeah. it's advised as opposed That's to That's a not very reasonable bet. All right, I love it. Even though I got the stamp of approval from the DeMartin download host himself. I was going to say, that De- yeah. we have DeMartin download approval. Pulisic didn't travel for the El Salvador game? Correct. Because he had COVID recently? He will be there He's here? tonight. Okay. Yes. I haven't checked if he was out old. I might have to tune in. Yes. Plays for Chelsea, my new Premier League team. Going, going for three <laughs> points, baby. Going for three points. Look, the men just can't, they just can't miss the, the World Cup again. That's it. Yeah, That's all they, it is for me, man. They won't, I think. Like, it's it's unexcusable that they did, but like, everything that happened on that last day, like, there's no way it happens back-to-back tournaments. Right. Okay. Well, hey, I, I'm glad. You put a little more wind in my sails, man, but I'm, I'll be fired up tonight. All right, Adam. Before we let you go, we'll tie things back into Michigan State soccer. Obviously, Bowling Green tomorrow at noon, at home, excuse me. If you're out if you're out there and you're interested in going into a nice little Labor Day soccer game, yeah. you can go be part of the Red Cedar Rowdies. Should be a great atmosphere, a beautiful day for soccer. But a prediction for that game, quickly. I'll go 3-1. 3-1 Spartans, I'm assuming? Yeah. All right. Not not too impressed with the Bowling Green side. You know, I just have high expectations of what Michigan State Great. will be able to do for the rest of the non-conference. Awesome. Well, Adam, thank you once again for joining us here on the Green and White Report. All season, Adam is going to be a featured guest talking a little MSU soccer. Uh, we'll see how my Chelsea does now. Yes. I like, I, I'm like. i I'm proud of myself that I said Bowling Green side. Yeah. Oh, soccer yeah. Soccer lingo. Yeah. Well, Adam is part of the DeMartin Download podcast as well, streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts with Ian Gilmore and Luca Maloney, all things MSU men's and women's soccer, Premier League, United States men's team. Really, Adam, you can plug the podcast real quick. If you're a big soccer fan and you're interested in this podcast, it'd be a great listen. I mean, not much more to add than what you've gotten. Obviously, we yeah go through both teams and we address all of our European teams. That will Go through Michigan State men's and women's and then go through all of our professional teams. And I, with Sloan joining Chelsea, we'll have to add an even bigger block of uh, of their talking. Yeah, we're going to have to keep a monitor on that all, all season here. Oh, be fun. I'm texting him every morning before their games. You know, I got, <laughs> yeah. th- their manager used to coach Dortmund, and Havertz is one of my favorite players, so I'm well, I'm always tuned into them. Love it. Can have a, I'll fake an alliance. All right. I am, I'm cool with that. Trent. Maybe are you joining the Chelsea? Uh, let me team let me, me have a week to marinate. Okay, I'm gonna do a little research myself. All right, I, I, I will pick a team. Yeah, the next time you're on, Adam, we'll, we'll, Trent will have a decision. I'll have a club for you next time. I'll How's send, that? I'll send you the flow chart. Just skip over. Just automatically pick yes to do you want to win. Okay, we, we can't have you joining Sheffield. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no Sheffield. <laughs> right. I have already made that mistake once. We will not make it a second time. But Adam, thank you for joining us here on the Green and White Report. Once again, Adam is going to be a featured guest this fall with MSU men's and women's soccer really getting going in the Big Ten. 
On the other side of the break, we're going to get into, get into a little Lions, a little bit of American football, as well as Henry with a little bit of NFL buy or sell. You're listening to the Green and White Report on WDBM East Lansing. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Once again, thank you to Adam Baker for joining us live in studio. Your source for all things soccer. Yes. So happy to have guests back this year. Obviously, last year in studio, out of studio. Super happy to have Nathan, Adam joining us here on this Sunday morning. But we're going to get into a little bit of American football now. And that is a preview of our Detroit Lions. I'm in a Lions shirt. Obviously, Trent is in a Lions hat. He has a Lions laptop sleeve. We got the opposite outfits going on right now. Terrible radio, I know, but Sloan's got his Lions shirt and a Michigan State hat, and I've got my Michigan State shirt and a Lions hat. So we're we're opposites. We're, we, we kind of coordinated. Yeah, we I coordinated. I have my flannel on today because I, I I just felt like it'd be a good fall move to wear a flannel. I mean, yeah, you said you walked out and you could taste the apple cider. I, I slept in my apartment last night with the window open, which I think is just a big move, especially in the fall. Yes. it's kind of an essential. Let the cool breeze in. I can listen to the sounds of people making it home at like 3 a.m., hopefully <laughs> safely. Right. But we'll dive right into things here with the Lions. Fall New- means football. Fall means football. Super excited for the NFL to be back. Super excited for the Lions to be back. Even though the outlook isn't great this year, we're still going to be riding and dying with them all season long here on the Green and White Report. And it's a new era for the Lions. Brad Holmes taking over as general manager, vice president. Dan Campbell taking over as head coach. And Trent, you know, I'll throw it to you to start with this, but what is your confidence level in this new regime? You know, Brad Holmes, obviously a big-time background in college scouting coming over from the Los Angeles Rams. Dan Campbell, not really known to be an X's and O's guy, but he's more of an in-the-trenches guy, a master motivator, someone who players like to get up for. What is your confidence in this regime? And if if they are able to pull this off and be the regime that takes this team back to the playoffs, what are they going to do right compared to last regime's? My confidence level in this regime is higher than Snoop Dogg in 1993. How's that? Is that I good? Love it. Is that good? Is that is that good enough for you? Let me let you me. Did, Henry didn't give you a buzzer, so I'm guessing he liked it. Then, then, then I guess I got I got Hank's stamp of approval on that. Hank is a Vikings fan. Full yes. disclosure. Before we before we get into all the NFL stuff, I wish I wish we were rocking and rolling with Hank here with the one pride, but that's okay. We have I, a yeah, we have an NFC North rivalry in do. the studio, but it's good. It's healthy. It's a healthy rivalry. It is a healthy rivalry. I mean, both teams kind of evenly matched this year. Correct. We'll see. More on that to come in just a second here. But Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell. I mean, I have a, I have reason for optimism for this new era. I don't see why not. Because I guess, well, I guess I could see why not if you're just going to be a negative Nancy Lions True. fan. Like, they exist everywhere. Let's not pretend like they don't. But Brad Holmes, I mean, he hasn't made a move yet that I disagree with. Um you know, there are some head scratchers here and there. Like Trinity cutting, Benson. Yeah, Tyrell Crosby cutting him. Yeah. Not really having a wide receiver room. But look, th- we'll get into all that in a second. Brad Holmes, the v- for the very first move to make, come in here, ship Matthew Stafford off, get two first-round picks out of it. You know, and that's old news, so we don't have to get into all that. But that just kind of set the tone. And then you got Dan Campbell, of course. It- it's funny. I joke with my buddies, my good buddies, Ryan Rabinowitz and Ryan Collins. On the Motown former, Rundown. Former Green and White Report co-host. Go check it out if you want. Motown Rundown. We have a good time. But it's almost like if you could put Matt Patricia in a lab and take the opposite of everything he is, that's what Dan Campbell is. So it's almost like we just endured the worst two-year, two-and-a-half-year stretch of our lifetime as, as Lions fans, and now we're just going to try to completely flip the script. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, the, the Lions have a very tough schedule. But as far as Dan Campbell goes, being a leader of men, 
getting guys to play for him. Ra ra. He's got a great staff, right? Anthony 100%. Lynn. Anthony Pleasant, really high on him. Deuce Staley, running backs coach. Yep. I think that's a big-time hire. I liked him bringing back Hank Fraley, the offensive line coach. I mean, I, I'm a big Campbell guy, too. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not going to be an easy season, but he's a master motivator, so I think that locker room's going to be healthy. But... He, I mean, he admitted it in his opening press conference. He's not really, you know, he's never a coordinator in the NFL. He's not really an X's and O's kind of guy. But he says, hey, I'm going to go and fill in my staff with guys who really are. And I think he did that well. I like Anthony Lynn a lot. I think the identity of this team is really going to be running, play action, you know, multiple tight ends, Darren Fells and TJ Hawkinson. I really like both of them. I like their upside. But Dan Campbell... I think I think you put it perfectly, saying that he's the opposite of Matt Patricia. He's a master motivator. I mean, morale already seems like it's higher in the locker room. You know, not an X's and O's guy. I'm not going to speed and call him the next great Lions head coach, obviously, because we have plenty of games ahead of us. I don't think you can really judge him after this season, considering the team he's going to be fielding this year. But I think that Dan Campbell has a reason for upside, especially compared to Patricia. I think, especially, you look at the Lions' commitment to Dan Campbell. I think that is almost the most instrumental thing here. He's got a six-year contract. So they're committed to this. This is the direction they want to go. You know, they're trying to change the whole culture and overhaul it. And, again, this is Sheila Ford Hamp's first normal season with her pick. These are for he pe- the, this, yeah, these are her people. These are Sheila's people. These aren't Martha's people. I love me some Martha. Martha Vader. Legendary. not great when it comes to football decisions. And now you got Sheila in there, and it just it feels a little different, man. That's all I'm saying. So my my, I guess... To continue this conversation here, Sloan, I guess the biggest change with this team is quarterback, of course. Yep. Not Matthew having nine Stafford. not having nine under center is gonna take some adjusting. It's just it's sixteen is gonna be under center. Sixteen. JG sixteen, baby. I mean, we'll talk about Matthew Stafford. We may or may not have a buy or sell on him coming up with uh Henry here in about ten minutes after we talk about the Lions, but nice tease. Radio tees. Radio tees. Look at, that's this is why they pay us the big bucks. Are we professional or not? I can't tell. I Student know. radio. How about now? Yeah, this is this is professional Impact. radio. Impact. <laughs> I love it. This this station. I, it's going to be weird not to see nine under center though. I mean, I I think that it was it was time. Obviously, he's not getting any younger. He is at a point in his career where he needed to be on a contender. This Lions team is going in a different direction than he would have been going. He's had so many head coaches, so many offensive coordinators, so many general managers that. Even though that he, you know, obviously his name's going to be written up on the wall at Ford Field when he calls it quits, and you know we'll see about a Hall of Fame career or not. I'm not going to get into that. We'll see what he does with the Rams. Obviously, Henry, I, he just perked up out of his seat. Well, here's I'm the thing. Now. Here's the thing with Stafford, and and we don't have to get into all this because it's just endless debate here. But I mean, if Stafford wins a Super Bowl, he'll be in the Hall of Fame because he has the numbers. 100%. He has the numbers. Like I understand he's only made one Pro Bowl, but the Pro Bowl's stupid, dude. The way that yeah. works. Plus he's been playing in the NFC all these years with Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and all these other quarterbacks that make those rosters. So it, I, I look at it, it, it to bring it back to, to golf, I guess. He's excellent in run pass option. He's, he's just excellent when you're able to get a little bit of a ground attack. And that's going to be the Lions' biggest strength this year is that offensive line up front and then the two, the one-two punch of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. He's and he's got something to prove too. He does. I mean, he's he, got the a chip Rams, on his shoulder. The Rams they, they gave they up sold on him. Away. They they gave up on him. He was the number one overall pick with them. Coincidentally, by Brad Holmes, who brought him in in that Stafford trade. And 
he's got he's got something to prove. I mean, they gave up on him. At the, it was things were choppy at the end of last year, but this guy when the when the big lights come on, I mean, this guy played in a Super Bowl. He right. he has won multiple playoff games. You know, you can talk about the arm strength being maybe a little bit below average. Not the physical traits don't really jump off the table, but. And another thing too is is Dan Campbell's really been pra- praising his leadership skills in the offseason. You know, once again, this, this team's well, we're going to talk about this team's win total here in a second, but it's not going to be the prettiest season. I think he can keep the locker room together, and I think that this offense with Anthony Lynn as offensive coordinator is going to be tailored around his skill set. Multiple tight ends make some easier throws for him, set up some play action. There's not going to be a really an over reliance on Jared Goff creating as a quarterback. You look at that team. In 2018, that went to the Super Bowl, that Rams team that Jared Goff helped get there. What was the identity of that team? You had a young coach, you had a very good defensive front, and then you it was a run-heavy offense, right? And I just think that that's exactly what the Lions can do, not only this season, but next season, and try to start to build that identity as a team. Because I really like this defensive front, mm-hmm. and we can get into that now, I guess. You think because, your tight ends a lot, too, in Tampa Bay, or Tampa Bay, in Los Angeles, just to your point. You know, right. they had Gerald Everett, Tyler Higbee, they'd play two tight ends a lot. The Lions are going to have Darren Fells. I'm I'm a big Darren it's Fells awesome guy. Back, I'm, I'm really glad they brought him back. I was sad to see him go when they let him go, and he went to the Texans. TJ Hawkinson. Might be the best football, pure football player on this team headed into next year. It just seems like this is an offense tailored around him. The pressure is going to be off. I'm looking forward to him. Yeah, we. I mean, we talk about the wide receiver room and how you have a lack of experience there. I think Tyrell Williams is going to be your number one. And after that, it's a bunch of young guys who are ready to prove themselves, and I'm here for it. But I will say to the people that are really concerned about the wide receiver room, don't be as much because I'll tell you what, you've got Swift out of the backfield. Jared Goff loves checking down. And then Hawkinson, like to your point, Sloan, he's the best player on this team and he's a top five tight end in this league. And I think that's consensus. So he's really going to be your number one. Okay. He's it's, it's not like you're going to be seeing a lot of sets with him blocking and stuff. He can block a little bit here and there. Of course. Darren Fells is an elite blocking tight end. That's, too, that, so. that's what I was going to say. That's why he's on your roster and you kind of have that one, two punch there, but Fells can also catch it. So my point is, if you if you lump the skill position players together with the Lions, I think they're average. It's not like it's a bad, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it's terrible because it's not. The receiver on paper, your your receivers could use a little work, I understand, but skill position players as a whole, I think I think it's it's going to work out. And I love Anthony Lynn at offensive coordinator. Kind of bringing that into a point I was going to bring up just going back and forth between you and me a little bit talking about some stuff we're excited about headed into this year I mean obviously there's things to be concerned about but one of the things I'm the most excited about you talk about the skill position players is DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams as kind of a one-two punch I'm a big fan of the running back room on this team I think it could be potentially the best position group on the club DeAndre Swift obviously Showed some upside as a rookie last season, had some injuries. He's battling through some stuff right now, but he's going to be ready to go. But bringing in Jamal Williams from Green Bay to kind of be, uh, you know, a yin and yang between Swift and Williams, you know, they can split carries a little bit. You know, I think people want to write off Jamal Williams as just kind of Swift's backup, but I think his upside is is big. I mean, we know that this team is going to want to establish the run. They're going to use multiple running backs. But, you know, another guy I'm excited for, I, the name is slipping me, but the guy we picked in the – Jamar, Jamar Jefferson, Jefferson from yep. Oregon State. Beavs, the Beaver. Beavs did not win last night against Purdue. I was pulling for them hard. Tough. It's okay that they didn't win. But I think he was – they had like a fourth-round grade on him, if I remember correctly, when yep. they were drafting him. And to get him in the seventh round, I know, you know, it might be a little premature of me to get high on a 
you know, a seventh round pick, but as a their third running back, I like Jefferson a lot. That running back room is something I'm excited to watch. They all just have a slightly different skill set. Swift is your speedster, and he's also a great pass catcher. I know that's ironic because he dropped the game winning pass against the Bears. I understand. God, Whatever. imagine, imagine if he New hauls year. in that pass what the rest oh of the God. year goes well, like. Maybe, but, maybe Patricia stays, and I don't want that. So yeah, all no things kidding. happen for a reason. But you know that that running back room is very diverse, Sloan. And to your point, I think you know DeAndre Swift is nursing a little bit of an injury right now. Um, it's nothing serious, but he didn't get any preseason run. So I think that's that's even more important for Williams to kind of take some of that load on his plate and really kind of, as the veteran as well, just get Swift ready to go. Because Swift, let this is a big you know talking point for this season that I think hasn't been talked about nearly enough. These rookies haven't not not these rookies these second year players haven't played in a Ford Field that's full of crazy drunk Lions fans. So this is going to be tailgating his back. It is a different atmosphere, man. He drops that pass with a with a stadium full of people. You might not he might not recover the way he did last season. You know it what I mean? It was a double so, whammy last year. They didn't have fans, and they had a guy in the locker room who who would verbally berate players and was just simply not a good human being to play with. Exactly. So and the culture has just shifted, completely. and I guess that that that's why Williams goes so well with Swift in that aspect. So to your point, I am extremely excited to watch the ground attack. Is there uh, a position group other than the running backs that you're pretty excited about? Linebackers, and here's okay. why. Oh, this, I, I know who you're going to say here. I don't. I, I'm going to let you take this. We just talked about Purdue. We did. Derek Barnes has been electric. That has been the story for Lions fans this preseason. Is Derek Barnes? You want to talk about Derek like Barnes. a sideline to sideline linebacker? He's got speed. in the middle too. He can hit. Talk about Brad Holmes. His keen eye in, in college scouting. Derek Barnes is a player that. He would traditionally draft and develop. I'm yeah. I'm very excited about him. Well, the thing is, too, he's wearing the Stephen Tulloch 55, but that's not. So he's got to be good. Yeah, he's, he's got to. Just be good. don't do the discount double check uh, celebrating right. interior Terry ACL. ACL against Jay Cutler. Oh, boy. but I will say this about the linebackers: I am very excited about the way that Aaron Glenn has come in here and really changed everything. The Lions are going to run a three-four now. Trey Flowers is going to play outside linebacker, and who knows? Maybe that's all he needs to revamp his career. You got Jamie Collins back in the middle where he belongs, and then I think Derek they Barnes. They played him way out of position well, it, last year, and again, it wasn't I, fair. I don't think he's great by any means because he's just kind of slow. But hey, he's a good tackler, and he's a he's got a great IQ for the position. So I just think putting him back at his natural middle linebacker position, then you've got Derek Barnes next to him, and on the other side, they're running the Okwara brothers as outside linebackers as well. So I just like. That size and speed coming off the edge yes. with Flowers and Aquara on either side. Yes. Aquara, they gave him a really team-friendly contract, too, I think. I'm glad he wanted to stay here and they made him a priority. I'm glad they drafted his brother last yeah, year, Yeah, no too. kidding. I mean, shoot. I, that, that front seven, I think, is really going to be the strength of this defense. You know, I think, you know, we'll talk about the corners here in a second, but Aleem McNeil, you know, probably is going to be playing over the center. He's had a lot of upside. The dancing bear they, yes. in the middle of this defense. Yes. Levi Uzurike, I he's taken some strides. They, I mean, the Lions had a first-round grade on him. A lot of people are excited about his game. They're, they're going to be young up front. Nick Williams is probably going to be the other starter at, at defensive tackle. He'll be your vet. The front seven is going is to be the strength of this team, and it's good that Holmes went out and put an emphasis on it in the draft because – 
the last regime just didn't really want to draft pass rushers, right. neglected the front seven, didn't blitz. Yeah. Uh, so I you, think it starts re- revitalizing this defense is going to start in, with the front. And that's where you kind of weed out guys like Danny Shelton and Jelani Tavai. And, you know, they're, they're not here anymore. And Snacks Harrison a couple years ago, these Patriots guys, we're not doing that anymore. No. That's, that's ridiculous. Jelani Tavai to the Patriots. What and, a surprise, surprise, right, by shocker. the way. And, of course... I just think that the, the, the pass rush is really going to come from that second level. I think the linebackers are going to be the ones getting that pressure, and I think the, the guys up front, those are run stoppers. And McNeil is known to get to the quarterback, too, a little bit. So I'm just excited to see how this whole front seven as a unit works. You're exactly right, Sloan, but linebackers in particular, given the way that Aaron Glenn has come in and kind of shifted everything and just turned it on its head. I mean, Trey Flowers is going to change, basically changing positions. And I guess I'm just kind of... Very open to it, though, and excited about it, which is good. And I'm just excited to see somewhat of a pass rush because the Lions were a statistical outlier for the last two years in the pass rush. You went to look at pass, pass rush statistics, there were only 31 teams on there because the Lions were a statistical outlier. Well, Can you, know, you believe that? If Aaron Glenn blitzes once, it might be more than the Patricia regime blitzed in a few seasons. Right, So exactly. Oh, designing a blitz instead of just rushing four and hoping it works? Yep. Hmm. Especially after going out and not really addressing pass rush. You know, we, we talked about the offense a little bit. We're talking about the front seven. I think an area where this defense could potentially struggle a little bit is with the defensive backs. I don't think I'm as excited about, you know, Tracy Walker, I think has a lot of upside. Will Harris didn't grade out as a great safety last year. I'm kind of out on his game. Obviously, Amani Awarie at one corner, Jeff Okuda at the other. Awarie showed some flashes last year, also had some times when he struggled a little bit. He's going to have the opportunity to start this season. Really kind of a blank slate for him. Still kind of a question mark. And then obviously Jeff Okuda at the other corner position. He was put in, I mean, flat out a terrible position by the Quinn and Patricia regime. He's had some struggles in the preseason. He's had some times when he's looked good. I just think that there are less sure things in the defensive backfield. But by the same token, I think a fresh start for all those guys is going to do them well. Fresh start's the key, man, because a cornerback in particular – that is the hardest position to play if there's no pass rush. I don't care if you got four all pro guys back there. There's only one Deion Sanders. Like it's not like yeah. if you if you're not getting to the quarterback and he's got all day to throw and you're playing quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins and a young Justin Fields and and an Aaron Rodgers who might not even want to be there and you get a little pressure on those guys, these corners will be just fine. I love what I saw from Oruwariye last year as really your first corner and Jeff Okuda might make that leap. I hope so. Um, that's gonna I, be that's gonna be one of the bigger storylines. I mean, he's gonna have a lot of sets of eyes on him. There's gonna be a lot of pressure on him. I know a lot of people are out on him right now. I have my doubts about him, but I also think he deserves a fresh chance in a new regime. So. That's that's the bottom line for me because you look at how bad this team was the last two years, how bad the defensive scheme was, how bad the talent was around these young guys who are trying to develop, and there's just no leadership. That's all out the window. That's changed. They have turned the page. And yes, the secondary is a glaring hole here, but I think they've got some stuff to work on, and they'll be below average but not worse than the league. And one name I do want to throw out there before we move on from the secondary is A.J. Parker. Uh, I thought you were going to say Alex Anzalone. That was another guy I forgot at linebacker. Former Saint, so he's got some familiarity with Aaron Glenn, but Parker. A.J. Parker, uh, undrafted free agent. I don't know where he's from. I should know this. But he basically played his way onto the Lions roster spot. You know, he's And he's going to be the nickel corner. Is what yeah, I was going to say. He, he's got a lot of upside. He's a ball hawk, man. I watched. I think it was that second preseason game, or maybe it was the third one. He was all over the place. 
Once again, I mean, this is a Brad Holmes kind of find. If he turns out to be something, the Brad Holmes way, I mean, you look at the defense that the Rams had last season. I know Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator, was a lot of that. But if you looked at that defense, just peppered with guys that Brad Holmes found in the third round, the fifth round, undrafted guy, this football team... The vision for this football team is going to be Brad Holmes making shrewd picks and Dan Campbell really being a master motivator. There's a plan. Now, I want to talk about a little bit about a win total. You know, the over-under right now is kind of set at five wins. Trent, where do you stand there? Over. And I'll tell you why. I, I And I, I jokingly say that this is the easiest money of my career, whatever. It's not. But I look, I think the... Man, now you got me going. Look, the, I think the Lions will find a way to get two wins in the division somehow. I think they could beat the Vikings at home. I think they could beat the Bears at home if it's Justin Fields. <laughs> oh, Hank, that Hank, was coming. Hank's we knew back. that was coming. <laughs> but look, the Vikings and Bears, I, I, they're better than the Lions, obviously, but I just think that the Lions will be able to string together a couple wins in the division, two and four. Usually I say three and three in the division as a rule. I'm just like, this is a tough division. The Lions are going to go 500. This year I think it's a step down, but I do think they get a couple wins there. I think they're able to beat the Eagles. I think they're able to beat the Bengals at home. They have a couple of bad opponents yeah, at home. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the classic Lions-Cardinals Super Bowl uh, that we yeah, get every year. Yeah, that's a yearly year. tradition. Yearly tradition. That's, you know, that, that's a home game. I think you could beat the Cardinals at home. Um, I, uh, the Falcons weren't great last year. You go to play the Broncos. They don't really know what they're doing at quarterback. There's a lot of things that, a lot of opportunities that I just think the Lions will find a way to capitalize on and, and win more at least five games. So that's where I'm at. What about you? I got this team right on the number as, you know, it's funny to say this. I'd usually say, oh, it's a 5-11 and 11 ball club. Oh, no, we're playing 17 games. Yeah. I have, a, I have this as a 5-12 and 12 ball club. I'm a little bit concerned, and I know that this might be kind of a, a cop-out, a cop out, but the kicking game, I am worried that they Ooh. might lose, lose a, a game, game or two yeah. because of not really. I mean, Matt Prater. I'm going to miss Matt Prater. Yeah, I, that was, that was one that I didn't really understand. Um, I agree. Letting I, him go, but whatever. I mean, he was a little old, and he was tailing off last year. He missed yeah. a couple big kicks last year, so you got to do what you got to do. But I, I got just think we, we've been spoiled with these great kickers. So We have a bonus in here, too. We do. The Vikings' win total is set at an over-under 8.5. Hank, what do you think? Hammer the over. Oh. Really? Come on, bro. Really, really, really. I believe in, in the weapons that this team has on the offensive side of the ball. I kind of do too. Justin I was gonna, Jefferson, I was, I was also pick Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. I Buy mean, that Justin Jefferson stock now. Hey, this, I'm, I'm all in on that on that side of the ball, and that, obviously they didn't look great on the defensive side of the ball last year. But this is a Zim. I believe in Zim too. I know a lot of people are out of him. I still have faith. Is this Zim's like if if this, if it's a losing season, miss the playoffs, whatever? Is Zim out? I think he's got. Believe it or not, he's got two more years. Okay. But I, okay. but I think you have. He's a defensive-minded coach. He's got to make the defense be his baby. It's got to be, you know, you got to show some progress on that side. And I think they will. I think they had a down year last year. Emerson Griffin coming back. Yeah. Well, there you go, man. But yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I let, love him. Let me say this, unbiased. I, I would take the over as well, just because I love Jamar Jefferson. I, I love Dalvin Cook. It's just health. As as cliche as that sounds, if Dalvin Cook's healthy, you're gonna win. Fi- he's gonna win you five games just because he's as good as he is. Mm-hmm. And Kirk Cousins is. A better Jared Goff, in my opinion, just in, as a game manager and you know crossing routes and all that stuff, just punching down the field. I think he can win nine games. Absolutely. Yeah. In a seventeen game season, I'd smash that over easily. I mean, they just have too much talent. Plus, I mean, you know, they got the Lions in the division, they got the Bears in the division. You know, I, 
we, we will talk about the Bears in a future week. Vikings are going to go up and, uh, and and beat the Packers in Lambeau. I, hey, I well, would love to see that. I will I will say this is a team that we've seen have some great defenses over the past three or four years, and I anticipate them being back to form uh, soon, if not this season, then soon. So, yeah, I think with, with all this, the star-studded talent on offense and hopefully a competent defense this year with some more experience in the back end, yeah, I think this is a team in, in an extended season as well with 17 games that 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 can be well over nine wins even. You know, I threw a couple of teases in there. And before we hit a break, we're going to do a quick NFL buy or sell. There might be a Packers, some Packers love in there, maybe Bears. But Henry, you can take it over. Couple, All right, let's do it. A couple I, quick NBA or NFL buy or sell. Yeah, I was going to try out my uh, my PA announcer voice, but we'll, we'll just read it off. Sunday, buy Sunday. Buy or sell. Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots, will make the playoffs in 2021 after going 7-9 and nine last season. I'm selling on that. I I am a big Mac Jones guy. I think they go, going and getting Jonu Smith, going and out and getting Hunter Henry. I like those moves, but the AFC is crowded this year. I mean, I mean, look in their own division. You have the the, the Dolphins who are going to be in line, hopefully, to take another step. Tennessee, Indianapolis are going to be in the mix for that wild card. Obviously, the Bills are the favorite to win that division. I think the AFC East is no, it's the AFC North, right? With the Browns, Steelers. Yep, Browns. Yep. Browns are going to be a playoff two, team. Two teams in that division are making Baltimore it. Baltimore is going to be a playoff team. Yep. I think the AFC playoff picture is just too crowded. I think. I mean, I'm. I think that this is going to be an above 500 ball club. But I mean, you saw last season. I mean, the Raiders are probably going to hang in there a little bit. I think, even though they got Teddy touchdowns at quarterback, I think Denver has a good club. Obviously, you can pencil Kansas City in. I just think the AFC is too crowded for these Patriots to be part of the picture. Yeah, there's not enough for me to really say that they're going to make the playoffs. I'm. I you hit the nail on the head, Sloan. So I won't beat a dead horse. But yeah, I think they got a winning record, and I think they missed the playoffs, and it's tough. But you see something from Mac Jones, and you roll into next season with a little bit more juice. Buy or sell. The Green Bay Packers take the NFC. Right now, the odds at plus six hundred. Buccaneers with the best odds at plus two seventy five. I can't sell this quick enough. Um, oh no! I, 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 no, I just, dude, I just don't believe in in bad chemistry, a coach and quarterback disconnect. They're gonna win games because that's what they do. But if you've looked in the past few seasons how they flamed out in the playoffs, what are they doing? It's because they take the ball out of Rogers' hands, and and Lafleur does his thing, and and Rogers doesn't like that. There's just a weird disconnect. And I guess I would trust Tom Brady, who continues to prove the haters wrong. I, I would trust that more than I would trust a quarterback who's a diva, and we don't got to get into all that. But Sloan, what do you think? I'm also going to sell, but I do have to say plus 600 is some juice there. That is a good, that, good it, odds, it yeah. It is tempting, but Tampa Bay, they brought everyone back on that yeah. football team. And added some. I mean, I know it's kind of an easy take. Oh, you know, the, you know, Tampa Bay is going to go run it back. But that was, I mean, I mean, Todd Bowles is coming back as defensive yeah. coordinator. Tom Brady has no looks of slowing down. They added to the running game. I I just can't go against Tampa Bay at this point. But it's, I do it's have a to boring admit, pick, but it's going to be the right exactly. pick. I mean, I think I just think I don't see anyone beating them. Plus um, six hundred though is a little juice, so is. I will admit that. Buy or sell? Matt Stafford will finish in the top three for NFL MVP. The odds at plus two thousand. You want to talk about some juice? Yeah, Stafford I mean, getting plus two thousand to finish in the top three for NFL MVP. Obviously, Cam Akers going down early is a little bit of a blow, but Rams defense is still going to be good. Raheem Morris, you know, obviously he was the interim coach last year with the Falcons, comes over there to be their defensive coordinator. I'm gonna, I'm going to buy this. 
I'm going to buy it as well. And and I know Hank knows this because we always talk about the NBA MVP and the narrative and stuff there. But in the NFL, it's similar in that guys like Lamar just aren't going to get votes at this point because they've he's he's proven those writers wrong too many times because of the way that he flames out in the playoffs. It's kind of like Giannis Antetokounmpo this past season. He's just like what what's the he's he's nullified from that conversation from winning the MVP just because he won it twice already, and he continued to flame out in the playoffs. And he proved everyone wrong by winning a championship. But I guess my point is that these these guys with higher odds than Stafford, the Lamar Jacksons, the Patrick Mahomes, they've already won one, and I think narrative matters. And I think Stafford going to L.A. and putting together a winning team, assuming that they you know get some stuff done, they brought over Sonny Michelle from the Patriots to kind of fill that gap. I know gap. he's just kind of a north-south guy, but honestly, at that point, that's still what they need. They run first, so he, he's going to fill a hole. Yeah, so I, I mean, top three, absolutely. I don't know if he's necessarily going to win it, but top three, yes. He'll get some more national love. I mean, the Detroit kind of wall being up, playing on a Lions team is real. Right. He's going to play in more big games. And I mean, outside of the Lions this year, is there a team we're watching closer than the Los Angeles Rams? No. For me, I'm going to be dialed in. We got a Lions Rams matchup coming up, too. Yes, oh, sir. Boy. On the Motown Rundown, we're, we're, we're thinking about maybe doing the Rams picks as well. Not, we're not just picking the Lions yep. games, we're going to pick the Rams games for fun. Shameless plug. Buy or sell after an impressive rookie season, Justin Herbert will enjoy a sophomore slump. Sell. I think he's talented as hell. I think he's going to be fine. That division's tough. I guess that's the one red flag. I think all those teams are kind of, I mean, the Chiefs are obviously there, but everyone else is either up and coming or they're already there as well. Um, But look, I I, I think if if the Chargers struggle, it will be to no fault of Herbert's. And record-wise, they might struggle a little bit here and there. I, I I don't think they're going to make the playoffs by any means, but Ooh, but he he will be right there. He'll be fine. His numbers will be fine. There won't be a slump. I think he'll actually take a step. I got a buy here because he's my starting quarterback in two of my fantasy leagues. Hopefully, we don't have a, a Luke's help Luke's fantasy team uh, segment down the <laughs> yeah. stretch. Hopefully, I'm in better shape than that. I have to buy. Uh, one side note, though, Joe Lombardi, former Lions offensive coordinator, is the play caller there. Yikes. Concern. Yes. Yikes. All right. That that that's that's reason for concern. Joe Lombardi. You Yikes. want to talk about a high school offense. Buy or sell. The Buffalo Bills will take the AFC at plus six hundred. Kansas City has the best odds at plus two seventy five. So this one's fun because of the odds. Like you like to say, Sloan, there is juice on that line right there. Bills Mafia, baby. I just can't do it. I'm I'll be rooting like hell for the Bills. I love the Bills. That's kind of my AFC team if I had to pick one. Them or the Browns. They'll play in the AFC Championship game, I think. I think they'll make it as well, but I just, I don't know. I like I like Josh Allen. I like Sean McDermott. I guess I don't really know what it is for me, man. I just can't really say they're going to win the AFC. Like, seeing the Bills in the Super Bowl, I, I just, something, I don't know. I wish it's I could like give you Lions. some analysis It's like here. the Lions in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I just, it doesn't seem right to me in my head, but what do you think? I think that this is this might be a Patrick Mahomes revenge type of year. That's the they thing. The Chiefs out, are there, man. Built like, a brand new offensive line. The weapons are still there. You know, Steve Spagnolo. You know, even though he wears his pants, all, you know, all the all the almost all the way up to his chest. You know, Steve. Right. You can pull your you know pull your pants down a little bit. You know, loosen the belt up. Yeah. They're they're way, they look like overalls. Let yourself on you. breathe, man. Yeah. Let yourself breathe. He, despite that. I think this could be a Chiefs comeback year. I, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the, the talent. We don't need to talk about him. The talent's off the charts. Buffalo, yeah, it just seems like there's something there. You know, I'll play devil's advocate. Give me the Bills. 
Give me Josh ah, Allen in the Super Bowl. I love it. I love it. I, I, love it. The Bills. I believe. How, Bills, I'm rooting for him. How fun would that be? I'm jumping through the table. I believe. How fun would that be if Buffalo made the Super Bowl? I'd be pulling for them yeah. extremely hard. Awesome fan base, man. By or sell, Delvin Cook takes the uh, rushing crown from Derrick Henry, who has held it for the past two seasons. Yes, yes, yes. This is going <laughs> to... Absolutely. I'm hopping all aboard the Dalvin Cook train, and it's not just because I haven't been one of my fantasy leagues. He, <laughs> Dalvin Cook oh, might be. That was tough. That was tough. Hey. You just took away all your credibility. Dalvin Cook <laughs> might, but hey, I'll, I'll build it back up. He okay. might be one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Oh, he Nobody is. gives he, he him is. love. Yeah. Derrick Henry, maybe a little bit too much tread on the tires. He runs the ball a lot for them. He can't do it three years in a row. I'm I, I'm I'm high on Dalvin Cook. I, I'm I'm big on him. Plus, you think about the Vikings; they're obviously run first. We talked about Zim. They're going to want to control the clock. Dalvin Cook. I, I think I think there's a big year in store for him. So I gave Dalvin Cook a lot of kudos earlier. So you can't say this is Vikings hate, but I'm selling for a couple reasons. You got another guy going off the board. I've got two guys. I think Ooh. Christian McCaffrey coming back healthy. I think I know Nathan Stearns is a Panthers fan. He's our resident Panthers fan. I I just I think people have kind of forgotten about him and the whole situation down there. I just think it's going to be run heavy, run heavy, run heavy, and he could run away with something like that. And then I think this might sound crazy. Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas, I think could, I think he could have a, like a little bit of a comeback season. And here's that why: rise from Henry. Dak Prescott is not healthy, and I don't care what anyone says. So, and and, and no one knows that more than this Cowboys brass. They're not going to release that. They're not going to let you know that Dak's not 100. percent But you'll be able to see it on the field. They're going to be run heavy Cooper as well. Cooper Rush and I just yeah, Cooper Rush is going to be out. handing balls off yeah. to him week nine. <laughs> he might. He might. Henry so if, didn't like that. So it might just be Zeke by default. I guess is what I'm saying. I know he's he's kind of taken a huge dip the last two seasons, but he still runs hard, and that Cowboys offensive line is still good, and I just think that... And he has given, a giant tattoo that says, feed me. He does, and if they feed him, I just think he's going to get yards by default because Dak Prescott's not going to be healthy enough to lead him to wins. Well, here I'm actually selling as well, but I'll tell you, it's for different reasons. You see, Guys like uh, Delvin Cook, uh, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey, they're more versatile than Derrick Henry in the sense that they're not just taking handoffs, uh, you know, eight, five, six yards. Right, deep. they're catching passes. They're catching a lot of balls and they're getting yards that way. So I think that while McCaffrey and Cook might be more impressive this season, Henry will still take the rushing title just just by proxy in the sense that he rushes the ball 30, 30 times a game. You know? Right, that's the thing. We yeah. talk about all these dark horses that could win it, but like Derrick Henry very, very easily could just go out and shut us up. Buy or sell, Justin Fields will overtake Andy Dalton and become the Bears starter by midseason. Buy a million yeah, times. I'm buying this 100%. Matt Nagy, Pace, their, Brian Pace, their general manager, I don't, I, they'll probably stumble out of the gate with Andy Dalton. Both of them are fighting for their jobs. They're going to have to go to the reinforcements quickly. Yeah, I just don't see a way that Justin Fields doesn't start by midseason because the fans want him. The players know that. The locker room knows that. Andy Dalton, I feel bad for the guy, but look, like, the, the Bears went up to get Justin Fields. That's their guy. That's your tell. I feel the same way about Trey Lance, honestly. I don't think he's necessarily ready to play for the 49ers yet, but Jimmy Garoppolo looked bad in the preseason. Bad. He also has injury concerns and whatever. We're not talking about them, but I guess on principle, I just don't see a way that the Bears don't go to the backup. Like you said, Luke, I, I don't know if he'll be the week one starter. Um, it's been, it's that The media coverage of that has been really weird, by I the agree. way. I, it's I murky to, as hell. I don't know what's going on. I need to take a moment here and just say, Lions fans out there who wanted to draft Justin Fields, take a deep breath. 
right. breathe in and just breathe out and relax. The the model uh, the model of winning in the NFL these days is you build your team through the draft, you struggle for a couple years, and then when the team is on the cusp, you go out and add that quarterback so you can take full advantage of your quarterback when you don't have to pay him. I mean, think of Josh Allen and the Bills. Think of Baker Mayfield. Think of Lamar Jackson. These They have kind of these ready-made teams built up through the draft, build both lines of scrimmage, and then you, you bring him in on a rookie contract and your quarterback is not your highest-paid player when your window of contention is is wide open. So the Lions it. fans, Panay Sewell was the right pick. Got to build both lines of scrimmage, which is what they started doing. I don't care that he struggled in the preseason. He'll be fine. He's 20 years old. And he's we playing out of position. older than him. He's playing out of position, too. He'll he'll eventually move over to left tackle, I think. But Justin, if, even if Justin Fields goes out and lights it up a little bit, this isn't going to be a good line squad. Deep breath. Yeah. Just, just patience. Relax. Patience, friends. All right. Buy or sell. Jameis Winston will lead the New Orleans Saints to the playoffs. I don't really know where this came from. I, I, Sloan, you make these questions, so I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm gonna respect you. I, I but I, do I don't. I don't see how they make the playoffs. But give me your spiel. I'm selling. I I'm also going to sell. I just had to playoffs. put it. <laughs> no play, playoffs. No playoffs for the Saints. I, I mean, number one, I think I like the Panthers better than the Saints in that division. I'm. A, we have a Panthers fan over in the other studio here, yes, sir. I their offense, I think, has the, the potential to be explosive. Plus, you look at you look at the NFC. I think they're kind of they're they're a tier below the top teams. I mean, you think of Green Bay ahead of them. You think of Tampa Bay. Plus, you I mean, there might be like three teams from the NFC West that make the playoffs. Yeah. I like Arizona. I like obviously Seattle. They're not going anywhere. You think about the Rams. Rams. They're that you think about San Francisco. I mean, that that division is loaded. Three teams can make the division or the the playoffs from that division. Once again, I'm a little too crowded for the Saints, but I had to put that there just because you know Drew Brees retired. A lot of talk about that. Taysom Hill's not the guy. It's a big year for Jameis, and there'll be a lot of eyes on him. I'm a Jameis guy. I like Jameis. I am I just, generally too. I, I hope mean, you can kind of figure it out, but I just don't eating W's. Yeah, eating. <laughs> we'll see how many. I, there'll be a 500 ish team. Yeah, I mean that, Michael Thomas. There's some uncertainty there, which I think hurts. We'll see. And Sean Payton, anytime you got a coach like that, you got a chance. I, I just think, given the given, the, you know, we, we talk about the AFC playoff picture is so jumbled up. The NFC isn't quite as there's not as many heavy hitters, but like they're there. And I just think when you start to name the teams that you think are going to make the playoffs, the Saints don't really get in that conversation until you're like eleven teams down the list. I agree. Last one here: buy or sell. The Kansas City Chiefs will win the NFL Super Bowl. Favorite at plus four fifty. You know what? I, I have to go. I, I teased this a little bit earlier in the buyer sell. It just feels like a Chiefs comeback year. I think Patrick Mahomes, you know, a second Super Bowl will really kind of anoint him as that next great quarterback. You know, obviously Tyreek Hill is still there. Clyde Edwards Alaire is still there and he's going to be healthy. The weapons are still there. They went out and addressed the offensive line. They brought in Orlando Brown. They brought in Joe Tooney. They're getting some guys back. They brought in, I can't remember the center from the Rams, but they addressed their biggest problem in the offseason. And I just, people are talking about the Packers. People are talking about Tampa Bay. They're getting a lot of headlines. But I just feel like 
Sne- nice and sneaky under the radar, the Chiefs right now. Why is people kind of stop talking about them? But they're still there. The Chiefs are far from under the radar, man. Hey, come on, if you turn, we have the TV on right here, though. If you, everyone, all everyone's talking about is Tom Brady, sure, the Packers. Sure. I feel, I feel like they're a little underappreciated. This offseason, I think the Chiefs have been a little under the radar, but like to yeah, to Hank's point, I mean, it's like I they are favored here to win it, and I just I'm gonna I. Look, the the only issue, if you watch that Super Bowl, what was the only reason that Tampa won that? Because the, the offensive line of the Chiefs they was were star- yeah. horrendous. They were starting, who was their left? They were starting, I'm, I'm blanking on their left tackle in that game. Who was I don't even horrendous. remember. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even remember either. The bottom line is they went out and addressed their one glaring weakness, and they are by far the best roster in football. Now, injuries happen, things happen, miracles happen. That's why you play the games. But... As we sit right now, I'm not going to just try to go for a hot take and give you another team. I think the Chiefs repeat. Yeah, Mike Remmers. Mike Remmers was awful in that game. Yeah, Terrible. bad. Tough. Also, I just said the Chiefs repeat. I was incorrect on that because it wouldn't be a repeat. But I think they get back to the top. How's that? Henry, the, what's the verdict? I don't want to make a decision, but I, I'm buying. Uh, I'm buying. I'm taking the right. Chiefs. It's, it's like Chiefs. a boring pick, but it's it's probably yeah. going to be the Chiefs, right? I, I th- it is a boring pick, but... Hey, we, we, boring picks has kind of been a trend in the buyer cell. That's true. But super excited to have the NFL back. We're going to take another quick break here on the Green and White Green and White Report. On the other side, Sparty Awards coming up, plus a couple of picks in the betting corner before we wrap things up. Taking you till one o'clock. Trent Valley, Luke Sloan, Henry Menegos. This is the Green and White Report. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. Final 15 minutes of the show here on a beautiful Monday morning in East Lansing. This is going to be a or just a rousing edition of the Sparty Awards. In the spirit of Welcome Week, we are going to do our top four college first. So without further ado. The Sparty Awards. The, this is the we're, Sparty we're still, Awards. Still working on the yeah. new intro, but that's okay. This Thank you, a, Hank. Brand new show, brand new show. All right, so in the spirit of Welcome Week, our top four college first. Now, I can't remember. I think it was it was you, Trent, that came up with this, right? No, it was Henry. No, it was Henry. So Henry came up with this top four college first. So obviously, we're not freshmen anymore. A lot of people are freshmen right now. A lot of people are just coming on campus for the first time as a sophomore. But No, we, but hang on. Actually, this is your year of last firsts. That's true. true. That's kind yeah, of what we I can, was we can we Get can some say sage like advice that. here, maybe a little nostalgia. Yeah, oh, we're, no. we're we are preaching. I I don't I, I, I didn't want to be sad this morning. No, I didn't. This either. is the last year of college. It's it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. But there's no crying in baseball. There is no crying. <laughs> You're right, Tom. This You're is right. this is our revenge tour or retirement tour, <laughs> whatever it is. Whatever. The last it is, dance. I hate the last dance. By the way, that is awful. Forget the bulls. Heed my words, though. Should, should I kick things off slow? Yes, yes. Top four college first. College first. Trent will go first, and we will rotate. The first time you miss class. Because when you're a freshman, all you want to do is get to class. You're checking your schedule five times in, in 15, 15 minutes. minutes early. Yep, you got to get there early. And then the first time you miss class, whether it be because you chose not to go or because you slept in or whatever the case may be, nothing like that first time because you're just kind of panicked and you feel like you missed something really like, important. I'm going to drop even out though, now. Even though it's not the end of the world because there's 150 people in your class and you're probably going to be fine. But that <laughs> professor's feeling, going to notice I'm not there. That feeling was weird, man. I don't know if it was good or bad, but it was top four. 
So this was was this freshman year for you? Obviously, freshman year. What yes. month? What month of freshman? Probably year? about November around Thanksgiving. Hey, that's two good. That's two months of perfect attendance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not bad. I can't even remember when mine is. Mine is is kind of a similar freshman thing though, and that'd be the first time that you got lost on a Cata bus. Now I hope there's not going to be a last first with that because hopefully I know where I'm going by yeah. now. We'll see about that because we haven't been on campus in almost two years, but. I'm thinking of a fond memory of the cool morning freshman year, little Luke. I'm the same little size. Luke. I'm the same. The same. The yeah. same size now. Young Luke. Get young Luke. Big eyes. Oh, eyes wide open. Brand new MSU world. I'm on the Cata bus. I'm gonna go to class, and oh, I missed my stop by like three stops. Yeah. So you gotta get off, and then you think about getting on another bus, and you're all frazzled, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna miss the first ten minutes of class, and I'm gonna drop out because of bad grades, and I'm looking at my schedule, and I'm running, and I don't know what streets I'm on. Cata bus stories. Everyone's got one. Everyone has one. Um, my next pick would be, and I'll keep this PG so as to not incriminate myself. Your first interaction with the police here on Trent campus. Trent the now, fifth right now. now. You, I'm not talking about like you, the police are actually like talking. I'm just saying when you're a freshman and you're doing something you shouldn't and you just see <laughs> the police, it doesn't even have to be like you're doing like they're coming up to talk to you, but you see them. They're you just see driving a cruiser down the go street. by. You are just rattled, man. Your cage <laughs> is rattled. That's all. That's all. That was a strange feeling. No, I'm just picturing no George on. and Trent just <laughs> running, wreaking havoc reckless. down the streets of Grand River. Yes, and they all they, they pause and yes. they like they, they stumble back a little bit. They, they yep. hold hands. And, you walk and, and, a little and, slower, and, and fade into the distance. Yeah, you yeah, blend right in. They, you pull your jacket up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> try to act try to act discreet. Correct. First, I love that. All right, my next one. This is once again the. More on the non. Well, this this is very PG. Obviously, I'm 21 years old. Yes, yes. First beer. Everyone everyone remembers their first beer. Everyone's got that story. My first beer was a Bud Light. Mine was a Miller Light. Oh no. Uh oh. I'm not on Team Bud Light. I. You're not on Team Bud Light. No. But that I, was your first beer. When I was a back in the day. When you were a wee lad. When I was a wee lad, which obviously not that long ago. <laughs> but I, I have evolved. My tastes have evolved. Okay. It's no longer Bud Light. Your palate has changed. True. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay, cool. So your first beer. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, My next one, th- this is going to take a little bit of explaining, but I won't spend a lot of time on it. But I think that first, you know, your fall semester, your spring semester, whatever the case may be, whatever the big trap rap song is, and for me it was Mo Bamba. Yes! That, you hear it oh everywhere, man. Levitating by Dua Lipa. That, was that it for you, Hank? Hank's the year behind us. So I am a big Dua Lipa guy. I just want to put no, that I'm out there now. for this year. Oh, for, for this, this year. year. For this year. Yeah, for this I'm, I'm a that massive or, Dua Lipa Or maybe, guy. maybe Ski by Young Thug or something. <laughs> just whatever, whatever the trap rap song is at the time, like the song, you hear it everywhere you go. I remember two years ago it was like Hot by Young Thug and Gunna. It's at every Good tailgate. Good for you, Olivia Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Big, big fan, by the way. Every floor, every dorm room, every house, every block, you hear it. Every bar, every restaurant, it's there. It so was on for like, us. For, fall it, of 2018, it was Mo Bamba. When it came out at the first football game yes. in fall of 2019, I once again, young Luke was just electric. Yes, I was like going crazy. I was going nuts. Better than Mr. Brightside. I'm so what are you? Sh- Screw Mr. Bright. I'm getting <laughs> chills. I'm getting chills right now thinking of the first time Mo Bamba came on at Spartan Stadium. Oh yeah, and you wow. don't even, you don't even have to like the song. It's just the anthem of the young people. But Sloan, keep, it give it give it to us. What's your third? All pick? right, so mine is the the first dorm room fire alarm. That's such a thing. That mine is a thing. Mine was like the first week I was on campus. Acres Hall. Acres shout Hall? out. Shout out. Great place. Acres Hall is an institution at this great university. Yes, sir. But the first dorm fire alarm. 
it was at like six o'clock at night, maybe seven o'clock. It was starting to get darker, obviously, because the season was turning to fall, but it was going off. And of course, I was a little freshman me and in acres, there's four people per room. And all of us were kind of like, oh, my gosh, are we going to die? You know, it, yeah, is you the don't building going to burn to down? Actually do. And yeah. then like nine fire alarms in one semester later, you're like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go outside. Oh, you know, maybe I just won't even leave the dorm. Yeah. Because, you know, someone probably burned popcorn. My roommate and I were like, we had this joke. I need to hear the, the crackle of the flame <laughs> before I get my butt out of bed right now at two yeah. in the morning. I yeah, First dorm fire alarm, first of many. Everyone's going to experience that. It, that that's 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 a legendary moment because the first time you freak out you're like oh my gosh i just moved all my cute little stuff i bought a target into my room it's gonna be burned i'm gonna be homeless yeah yeah it, 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 the the mind starts going the wheels start turning but i'll round us out here with my last pick my last pick would be the first time that the spartans beat michigan and i'm gonna limit this to football or men's basketball only because those are the two it's 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 not to demean the other sports, but that's when you know Cedar Village. You start burning couches and that kind of thing. That first time you beat Michigan, and it's a big game. That's just that feeling is incredible. You know what? You you lead perfectly into my last one for the Sparty Awards. That first couch burning, it's okay. extremely different yep. for me. Obviously, we were not good at football in the fall of 2018 when I first came nope. on campus. We had no win. I heard that couches were burning for this win over Northwestern. I just want to say I'm disappointed because our standards yeah. cannot be that it's low. It's become a little bit of a... I think it was more so like a Mel Tucker were juiced up thing. Yeah, but come on. It's a win over Northwestern. They're, they're not going to burn couches against Youngstown State. That ain't going to happen. I hope not. I don't think so. But hey, you th- might catch me up there burning my table, though. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so, uh, your if neighbor someone steals be... one more leg, it's, it's going up Trent the flames. and George might be burning your table. Yeah, they yeah, probably we... have a collection back there of legs that they're stealing. <laughs> we have a collection of things we're burning. <laughs> oh, no. There you go. But my first my couch table. burning was... MSU's win over Duke, spring of 19, oh, yes. that clinched the Final oh, Four. Oh, yes. I, I have a vivid memory of watching in my dorm room, taking off towards Cedar Village. I you was just like, know where to go. That's the funny I thing. I was like, there's one place to go, and it was CV. Loved it. Is that, is that the end? Is that, the, that, is, that is the end. That is right, the end. I got a couple quick honorable mentions. We're going to move on to, uh, what is it, betting corner after this. But I just want to throw out, how about the first football game? Like, just in general. when Yeah. When you're in that pick. student section, you're like, wow. First I go to a big university, game. man. Like we're all we got our keys out here. We're all doing the chance. Third down. Yeah. Hey, th- that's coming up on Friday, boys, or Saturday. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that first feeling of being back in that student section. Looking forward to that. One more for you. The first like fall activities that you do, whether it be cider mill or hayride. Uncle John's. Uncle, yeah. Uncle, shout Thank Uncle you, John's. Uncle John. Shout out, shout out hayride. Shout out. Corn maze, whatever it is. I yeah. love that. It's it's a, fall weather. Yeah. Just it's it's a it's a great perfect. thing to do coming back to campus for the first time. So I yeah. love that. I love fall, that. Fall love and freshman year kind of go hand in hand because oh, you're yeah. still getting so used to everything and the fall activities are great and all that. The football game pick was perfect. For Trent Knight, it was against Utah State. Almost lost. Jordan, Jordan love. love, future Packers quarterback. Yep. I agree, though. You just like those eyes open up and you're like, wow, I, I go to a school that's huge. And, you know, usually it's on a Friday night and the weather's gorgeous. Big memory. And it's just so much fun. So that's it. I think that's it for the Sparty Awards this week. Get into betting corner now. We have only six minutes left in the show, so we'll go quickly. But not a ton. Obviously, college football is bleeding into the week. But, Henry, a couple of quick lines for the betting corner. Sure, here we go. Notre Dame giving up seven points tonight against Florida State. 
for me, that's a lot of points for Notre Dame. It is. A full touchdown against Florida State. Mackenzie Milton, I know they got to travel to Notre Dame, but Mike Norvell came from Memphis, second year at Florida State. I am really high on him and the future of that program. They finally have a quarterback in Mackenzie Milton. I, I think they're going to win outright, but for the purposes of the betting corner, seven points, a full touchdown in a rivalry game like this, that's way too many. I almost like Florida State outright. Give me the Knowles. Yeah. Anyone who knows me knows that I love Florida State for really no reason at all. I just think they're cool. Go Knowles. Yeah, go Knowles. Yeah, I'll, 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 take, I'll take Florida State. Sure. To cover, at least. Ole Miss, minus 10 tomorrow night against Louisville. Another huge number. Lane Kiffin is not going to be there for Notre Dame, tested positive for COVID-19. I'm a big Matt Corral fan, the returning quarterback at Ole Miss. I just like his game. He's kind of Johnny Manziel-like, kind of gutty, decent arm. He's got, every time he goes out there, he's got like a bunch of like face paint on. He's all, he's a foot real football guy. But Louisville is an improving team. Their kicker I went to high school with, shout out James Turner, not, but once again, no shameless plugs. Uh, but 10 points, that's a lot. I'm going to take uh, Louisville to cover that my, plus 10. I'm going to take Ole Miss for no other. Ah. Look, I'm not going to act like I know a ton about these teams and what's going on here, but I, I like the Rebels, man. I like right. their helmets. I just I like what's going on. So I'll pick them. And 10 is a lot of points, isn't it? It's, but it's but a, for the sake of the show and, and, and some parody here on the show, yeah, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll pick. I'll go the other way. Final college football game, we got Michigan State at home next Saturday taking on Youngstown State, favored twenty and a half points. I, I I'll take that. The state will cover in that game. I hope so. Once again, to quote the great Nathan Stearns, who was on the program previously, Youngstown almost lost to some some school name Incarnate Word. Not not sure where Incarnate Word is. I think I mean twenty and a, only getting twenty and a half. I think that line's going to move in State's favor. It's still kind of an early opening. I mean that's not really the opening line. Pretty unofficial, but I'll take them to cover. Yeah, me too. I think I'm, this might be a shutout. Is that a bold prediction? No, I don't, I, I don't think so. I understand they the just Penguins. put up 44 points against Incarnate Word, but then again, that is Incarnate Word. And you are now playing Michigan State in Spartan Stadium with a packed stadium for the first time in a very, very long time. I just think the Spartans are going to roll, roll. Like it might be 45 to 3. Great nickname, by the way, the Penguins. Love yeah, that. That's but, fun. But we're going to take them out. Yeah, yeah, we're taking them out. Sorry. Sorry, thanks Sorry, for coming. Penguins. Thanks for scheduling us. Penguins of Madagascar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're getting a good payday. So. Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Not Let's my move favorite. to the opening night of the NFL this Thursday. Tampa Bay favored seven and a half at home against the Dallas Cowboys. That, that is so many points. That That is a lot of points, especially for an improved Dallas team. You know, they bring in, I'm blanking once again, Falcons head coach now they're oh, Dan Quinn. They bring in Dan Quinn. That's good. I think they're going to shore up the defense. A touchdown, just a touchdown favorite. I I I'm taking the points there. I think Tampa Bay wins, but I'm going to take those points. Yeah, I'm taking those points as well. And I hate to say it because I really can't stand the Cowboys. And I, I'm also not too sold. You know, we talked earlier. I think Zeke's going to have a big season solely because I don't think Dak is right. So I don't necessarily buy the Cowboys hype. But seven and a half is a lot for a for, for everyone's first game back. You know the the and yeah, I think the Buccaneers will win, and they should be favored. Obviously, defending champs points. and everything, but boy, that's a lot of points. And I just think, yeah, sure enough, the defense. I like Michael Parsons' game. I just think that the Cowboys can do enough to to cover that line. You have a bonus pick here as well, Trent. 
I do. Um, I, I hinted at it with Adam Baker earlier. I like the U.S. men's national team tonight, minus 165. I understand. I understand we're in the negative. Our but friends from the north me, against Canada. you got to put a lot on it because these boys are going to come out and win. Trent's juiced for this game. I guess i got a little time here, so I'll give some quick context to how the World Cup qualifiers work. You have to win to get three points, and if you tie or draw, whatever they call it in soccer, you get one point. There is no extra time. There is no... Shootout, no PK, none of that. You can tie. It's done. The stakes and ni- are high. Ninety minutes, and then whatever the extra added minutes are, that's it. So, uh, U.S. obviously played El, Sal- El Salvador. What night was that? Thursday night. Yeah, I think it was Thursday night. Thursday night they tied them zero zero. No goals There's were scored. I-, I lost some money there, but um, I guess the bottom line is when you host games, those are the ones you got to win. So you hold serve. Is it, to use a tennis analogy, as we have the U.S. Open on the TV here in the beautiful studio. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Well, yeah, I like I like them as a national team. Put a good unit on it. I'm put, I'm hammering the over two and a half goals as well. I love it. He's going to be juiced up for that game. Really a nice night of sports here coming up. Notre Dame, Florida State. You can mix that in, mix a little soccer in or football, as it is more formally called. But yes, hey, we've reached the end of show number one in the new era of the Green and White Report. We Tra- made it. Training it's good wheels be back, are off, boys. man. It's, good it's back. great to be back. Great, a lot of great football conversation today. Both the Spartans really dove in deep with the NFL. A couple of things we didn't get to this week, but we'll definitely be on the, the, the slate in the future. Talk a little Tigers baseball potentially in the future. But thank you for listening to the Green and White Report. Happy Labor Day tomorrow. Go enjoy yourself. You've been working hard. Relax. Watch a little college football. Tell a friend about the show as well. If you missed today's show, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts as well. You can also follow us at GW Report, WDBM on Twitter. We're now on Twitter. But from Luke Sloan, Henry Menegos, Trent Bally, we will see you next week. Same time, same place, 11 a.m. on WDBM. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. been listening to the green and white report on wdbm for all your sports news and notes go to impact 89fm.org sports